the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, it's Friday. We'll do a little fun Friday. I'll mix in a little bit of uh, serious talk. There's some serious things out there. President unveiling a uh, prescription drug uh, bill that he would like to see the Congress pass, giving them some ideas of what he would like to see happen. A really tragic story that I read that, well, here, I can just tell you what happened. And uh, sitting here in the studio with me is Zach, who is our, uh, you know, board operator that fills in for, for Russ when Russ can't be here and is our board operator on the weekends. Two guys are convicted of a rape. One serves 11 years in prison. The other is in prison. The woman comes to the prosecuting attorney and says, I made it all up. Every bit of it's all made up. And they let this other guy out, and he served 26 years. You know, 20, uh, let me say that again, 26 years. That's a little over probably a quarter of your life. Wow. Now, you know, I look at that, and I and it's a tragic story by, you know, anybody's means. My question is, what do you do to the woman? Exactly. Right. You know, I and we'll talk about this a little later on in the show. I just think it, it th- that story cries because as far as I know, there's not, I don't know if in any states have, have uh, laws if you— lie or or mislead and you put somebody in jail what's supposed to happen to you personally i think you know do not pass gold do not collect two hundred dollars into jail you go for at least 26 years so we're, we're going to talk about it. i i think it's going to be a it's a it's a great topic because what do you do when somebody just lies like that and and the person, um, the story I read about it, nowhere in the story did it say what was the reason right? why this woman did this to these guys. That's my entire life right there. I mean, that's yeah. just... <laughs> You're 26 years old, right? 25, I'll be 25. 26. Okay, mm-hmm. so bottom line, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he went to jail when you were born. And, <laughs> and they let him out. His... his and, and you got the guy must have found God while he was in prison because they asked what he thought and and how do you feel about the woman and, yeah. and he and he made the statement he says I don't have time for hate he says I, I've already spent twenty six twenty six years of my life in prison I don't want to waste any of it on her yeah so I, I give him credit for that but oh, man. Half of his life's ta- life taken away, and plus, you know, what will he be able to do years. from now on? What kind of jobs will he get? 
That's just sad. Yeah, it is. Um, well, he'll his. I guess I'm going to assume they would expunge his record. Yeah. Uh, it was the Supreme Court. Was it Minnesota? I forget what what state it was. I, yeah. I didn't print. I did. I had my phone. I didn't. I don't, I'm not hooked up to a printer at the time. And now they've taken the story down from Drudge, so I can't find it. I, I'll search and see if I can come across it. But uh, just a tragic, tragic mm. story. Just blew my mind when I when I checked it out. All right, so let me get to uh, Screen Rant right now because I want to talk a little bit about movies to start it off today because it is a Friday, the weekend. Uh, you want to go see something at the movies. Uh, new movies are – bring in my pa- – is my paper here? No, I didn't bring it in with me. How stupid of me on that. I got to go get my paper. Um uh, this new, what was it, Melissa McCarthy's got her new movie out? Yeah, I forgot the name of it. Going, this is going back to school, the, the ripoff of Rodney Dangerfield, you know, that Rodney Dangerfield did years ago. Life of the Party. Life of the Party, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And it's it it's got like, I don't know, about a 70% rating on it. Well, it's got a 38% by Ryan Tomatoes. Yeah. IMDb only has a 4.6. Yeah. So... Okay, so I'll check out what the what the people said here at the Dem Gas. Mm-hmm. But her her uh, her career has been in a tailspin ever since she did a lot of those stupid movies with her husband. Yeah, I mean they just, they just haven't been able to. That movie she did three back. years ago called Spy was pretty good with Jason Statham. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, you know, so why didn't she do Spy Two? Because it did well, right. it did well at the box it office. Sure did. Mm-hmm. So why not follow that up? Maybe everybody didn't want to work with her again. Because I hear she's terrible to work with on really? set. Oh. So anyway, well, you know who her sister is. No. Yeah, McCarthy. You know the the, the one who's who's two talents. Oh. Jenny. Yeah, Jenny yeah. McCarthy. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't think there was a connection. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So. Here's one that you're going to like. This is off a screen rant today. Mm-hmm. A new rumor about Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel claims it will be a bigger superhero movie game changer than Avengers Infinity War mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers' Wonder, Wonder Woman. It's safe to say superhero films have seen an unprecedented level of success in Hollywood over the last few years, from the universe uniting Avengers Infinity War to offerings like Wonder Woman and Black Panther. That's brought much needed gender and racial diversity uh, to mainstream superhero movies. Studios have pushed the boundaries on what defines comic book films. And in the case of many expectation defined comic book films, not only the ones that we've mentioned, but Deadpool, Logan, and Thor Ragnarok as well, they've been financially and critically successful these successes may guarantee filmmakers and studios will take even bigger risks with their superhero universes like marvel studios upcoming phase three capper avengers 4 which will act as an ending for the marvel cinematic universe thus far now i'm hearing you tell me what you've heard zach because i you and i both follow this stuff a lot closer than a lot of people do because we Geeks, what can I say? Anyway, nerds. And the Geek Squad will be here later today, and I want to talk to them about this. I'm hearing that 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to really rev up the, the second part of this. Yeah. With the Fantastic Four. Is that what you're hearing? I haven't heard that, but to tell you the truth, I'm not that interested in the Fantastic Four. You see, they were one of my favorite comics when I was younger. Right. I, I mm-hmm. liked them. I I liked Fantastic Four and, of course, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Iron Man and whatnot. And then along came the X-Men, yeah. which really captured my imagination because I was the right age uh, for it to capture my imagination. Doc Strange is my all-time favorite standalone uh, character yeah but uh you know i'm i'm interested in them getting the fantastic four right they came close on the first one mm-hmm. they weren't that far off yeah and then they for whatever reason it got away from them mm-hmm. i mean the guy from um what was it uh, he was on a weekly cop series who ended up playing the thing uh oh chickless or whatever yeah, his name yeah, is michael chickless yeah, yeah chickless mm-hmm. he was good right no he's now on or he was last on gotham that's right he was yeah he, mm-hmm. he's still in prison right now on gotham he, they haven't brought him back as the crazy actually, commissioner I, again yet. i actually think he's dead is he dead i think now? it was killed off by jim gordon okay i think so i, I watched the latest gotham last night pretty good show okay I haven't that watched show it yet. has gotten much better well i like it because bruce Brand- wayne basically is starting to become more of a detective himself he's, he's becoming more batman involved. man yeah. he really is he's coming he's becoming batman did you see that uh, have you seen the car he's driving Oh, yeah. That Mustang. How it, it looks like the Batmobile. <laughs> and plus, what's the one mode he can go into to disguise himself inside the car? I forgot the name of it, but that's awesome, too. You got that? And you can uh, he can turn off the muffler sound. Mm, that's it. That's the one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very cool that as was. well. He was, I, sho- he was showing gout. That's and all he, he, and he Yeah, well, he's showing uh, Sabrina or Catwoman. Selena, yeah. Selena, there mm-hmm. we go. Or Catwoman. I, they got to bring back... Uh, Oh, what's her name? Uh, the plant girl. Oh, Ivy. Poison Ivy. Well, yeah. she was just. Um, they got. I know she. She had a big story arc going. Right. And then uh, they they kind of just dropped it, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. It was pretty good. I kind of liked all that stuff growing out of people's bodies. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but it was disgusting too. Well, it was, but it was pretty cool. But I'm glad. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can put something like that to the side if you're going to have Bruce Wayne. Yeah, how about the Joker? Do you like this new Joker? Yeah, and I like the way they're bending the story around right. and bringing back, even though the real Joker is dead, his brother is becoming him. He's sanely, you know, crazy. You know, his brother yeah. was just, you know, insane. Nuts. He was yeah. nuts, right? Yeah. But, you know, this one this is... This guy, no, he's sane. Exactly. But now he's going to want to change the world through violence. Plus, he's smart. He's very smart. He's much smarter than his brother. And... um you know, this is very interesting, the kind of twist there. I haven't there. finished this, this, this week's episode. I, I stopped halfway through because it was 11 o'clock and I had to head to bed. But uh, it was Bruce was in down there, and they were working on that power thing. That Okay. That, that, and it looked like he was starting to make the metamorphosis. <sighs> so I'm going to be interested to see how this – because, you know, the the original Joker had the – the video made for his minions right. and they dug him up mm-hmm. <laughs> and he went to Gotham city police department trying to bust the doors down with his coffin. That was such a great twist though. The way when he started wiping off his face, showing his makeup on and you know, he just full gym, he's full bullock, 
Bruce was, he was like, oh my goodness. He's out to kill all of them, man. <laughs> he really was. He's out to kill them all. But let me go back to what they're saying about Captain Marvel. And, and of course, this is going to be Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. If you, you saw her, she's the photographer in the movie King Kong. Right. She's going to play Captain Marvel. And, uh, of course, that's Carol Danvers. That is her pseudonym, yeah. her real name, not Captain Marvel. The report doesn't reveal any plot details about this. It's going to be set in the 90s is when it's going to be set. It does tease massive implications not only for the Marvel franchise, but superhero movies as a whole. The report does come uh, from Screen Geek's unidentified source and as a result should be taken with a major grain of salt. That's why they're spending, you know, 30 paragraphs reporting all of this. So this movie is going to be set in the 90s, yet, you know, Infinity War was set basically 20, 2017. So think about it. you You got the op- opportunity now to restart the timeline yes, again. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And that's what I think that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. So uh, Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther, and the Avengers Infinity War were all different in original movies. Nothing is going to be as different and original as Captain Marvel. This movie from Anna Bolden and Ryan Fleck is going to change the Marvel Cinematic Universe and give us something no one has ever seen before and something that no fan is expecting. Wonder Woman was obviously considered a very important movie for women. Captain Marvel, they're saying, is going to blow Wonder Woman away. Mm. I'm just saying that's awful ballsy to say. Right. Sometimes you need to just, you know, let the movie, you know, just, you know, release it first and let us see what people think about it. I mean, well, now listen to this. Here's the next the next sentence. You ready? Yeah. And if you thought Infinity War was a game changer, you're not ready for what's coming in Captain Marvel. I mean, talk about setting up expectations for yourself. Holy Mm -hmm. Toledo. It's likely the report is referring to the Kree-Skrull War, which Captain Marvel is confirmed to be adapting from the comics. Now, if you're interested in that, then you've been interested in the secret agents of, of shield oh, I love that show. because that's what they're that's that's the timeline that's they're, right. they're in mm-hmm. uh, additionally since uh, the scrolls are a race of extraterrestrial uh, shapeshifters check this out fans have speculated now that mcu characters could be revealed to be scrolls in disguise mm. certainly since the kree scroll war will occur prior to the MCU proper, which kicked off in 2008 with Iron Man, it has the potential to completely change the way us fans view the sprawling superhero universe. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a pretty, mm. that's a big, big butt change twist. I'm yeah. just telling you. That's true. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Because I've heard that in four, Iron Man kicks the bucket okay that's what i'm hearing yeah all right we'll see if they're leaving it out if it's leaking already they want you people to know that it's coming that it's robert because robert downey jr his next movie's the new sherlock holmes they're doing a new sherlock holmes coming out in 2020 so now the question is and it's going to be very it's very interesting is this how you find out that iron man 
is really an extraterrestrial. Mm. I'm just saying, it's, everything's up for grabs now. That is true. Yep. And is this the way they're going to explain the characters that they're not bringing back mm-hmm. in Avengers 4? Mm. That is a game changer when you think about it then. It, it becomes a huge game changer. And it's, I don't know uh, if it's set up that uh, this movie is going to come. It's coming out next year. Is it supposed to be released before Avengers? Do you know? The Captain Marvel film? Captain yeah. Marvel's coming out in March, Avengers in May. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you, Avengers 4 might be totally different than anything that we're thinking it's going to be because they're going to change the timeline mm. on us before they we get to the movie mm. all right 223 we're going to talk more when we get back if you want to get involved in the uh, conversation with zach and i 8230965 8230965 and i got more stuff on captain marvel here in just a moment plus there seems to be another character being inserted into um Deadpool 2. When we come back, I'll tell you who the speculation is rotating around. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, let me remind you about Safari Pets. You want to go there to take care of your pet because they got everything that you need for your pet or pets. I mean, the largest independent pet store in Arkansas, I mean, they got, they got like dog food out the yin-yang. You go in there and there's a whole wall, a whole wall of just dog food. I'm talking about, you know, nature balance and chrome and blue buffalo and science diet and a whole lot more. And it's dry dog food they've got. They've also got canned dog food uh, that uh, is made uh, that is very good for your animal. In fact, my uh my dog, Dexter, the serial killer, uh, he likes the, the wing ding, and it's got a chicken wing in every can. Uh, they can take care of your bird, your hedgehog, or your tarantula. It's at Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot, 628-0067 is their phone number. Safari-pet.com is where you'll find them on the Internet. So when we get back, Zach and I will continue talking about Captain Marvel and and something that I've kind of seen happening that I hope doesn't happen with these movies, but just might. I'm going to tell you what. You start digging around in the Captain Marvel, it gets confusing. <laughs> uh, Marvel got the character because another com- comic book company had a Captain Marvel. It was guy. wasn't DC. DC has a Captain Marvel, except... That that's Shazam. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. This other, uh, and of course, DC as Superman. DC went after this small comic book uh, maker for Captain Marvel because of the similarities to Superman. So they quit publishing it. Marvel picked it up, changed the character some. And in the 60s, and uh, brought on Captain Marvel, who was, and what did we just talk about, in the timeline for this Brie Larson movie, which was going to happen during the Kree-Skrull War. Mm-hmm. Well, Captain Marvel was a Kree. So it's kind of interesting <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm discovering here. So 
this whole thing of perhaps they're going to change the whole timeline just before we get to Avengers 4, kind of exciting. I mean, this is pretty cool. What might be happening? I'm just telling you. We'll go back and I'll I'll bring you the rest of this story here. Let me find it again here. Um, here it is. I go back to my little Bible here, the screen rant, who has the information on this. And it's funny because the cartoon character kind of looks like Brie Larson. Can you see all the way over there? You see it? It looks like Brie Larson. Here's yeah, a, I've seen it. So I got to look on your phone. Go to IMDb. How tall? How big is Brie Larson? She's, I'm guessing she's only maybe 5'6". I don't know if she's that tall. I mean, she looks like Tom Cruise with stiletto heels on. <laughs> all right? I'm just saying. It looks like a... Like five four five five, you're bringing, you're getting it up. I'm just saying. Yeah, she, I'm getting she, it. Right. She's, you know, this five one, foot seven. She okay. is five seven. Okay. okay. Now, how tall is Gail Gadot? Is she like five eleven? Yeah, she's somewhere around there. At least five ten. She's really tall, mm-hmm. and that's why she pulls off Wonder Woman so easily. Mm. You know that that happened. Uh, so, plus she's a member. Real Gal Gadot's five mem- ten. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she was in. The IDF, all right, the Israeli Defense Forces. So that um, makes sense then. So as you go through and you look at this whole thing about the Cree stuff, they say, with that said, the comparison to Infinity War will likely be what really grabs everybody's interest about Captain Marvel. The cliffhanger ending of Avengers Infinity War, and no spoilers here, I'm just saying, okay, Left many fans reeling. Folks, if it left you reeling, I mean, like you sent, you know, Star-Lord text messages saying, why did you screw everything up? Dude, get a real life, all right? And when you start bothering Chris Pryor. how do they say that he messed it all up? Yeah, well, you got to go back to, you know, what Thor did. I mean, Thor messed a lot He didn't go for the head. He didn't go for the head, yeah. That's exactly right, but the... You got the whole thing. You got Anthony and Joe Russo's bold choice. Mm-hmm. It's an ending to many would agree paves the way for a wholly new story to be told in Avengers 4. As such, Captain Marvel, who wasn't a female until 1982. Yeah. That's when Marvel changed because it was a failing franchise. It just wasn't getting a lot of traction, so they... They changed it up and made him into a female and, uh, and and brought him on. And now, and because they got this uh, character from this other comic book character, uh, comic book uh, business, they must do a Captain Marvel comic every two years or mm. they'll lose the ability to hold on to Captain Marvel. Mm. That's kind of interesting. Didn't know that. Uh, anyway, uh, it says here, as I was reading through the radio, this could bring major twists on the MCU uh, and is interesting to say the least. As for Captain Marvel working to redefine superhero movies, it's no secret the film will be Marvel Studios' first MCU entry with a female superhero headlining a solo outing. Let me ask you a question, Zach. Would you have grabbed a brand 
a brand new character, and by Marvel's own admission, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel is not a big, you know, comic book franchise for Marvel. Would you go with that character as the first female, or would you have gotten Scarlett Johansson and went with the Black Widow mm-hmm. solo movie? It's obvious you go with the Black Widow. That's who you go with. I, I, if I'm Johansson, I'm pissed. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure she can look at Ghost in a Shell and say, well, I, I got to do one, but still... Black Widow deserves her own movie. That's right. There's no doubt about it. I mean, she carries herself well in all of the Avengers mm-hmm. movies and the Captain America she's movies. She's as important as anyone, basically. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a really important character and liked by the Marvel uh, Universe fandom. Mm-hmm. Not so much for Captain Marvel. I'm I'm hoping Brie Larson not going to get caught up in, in this whole thing, but it very much m- might be. So you got your first female superhero to co-lead is going to be the Wasp, okay? And that's going to be the Ant-Man and the Wasp later this summer. Mm-hmm. But the first woman to lead as a standalone character for a Marvel movie will be Captain Marvel. Still, I'm reading from this article on Screen Rant, and the guy is a really good writer. Still, Wonder Woman became the most successful Female-led superhero film. It was directed by Patty Jenkins. How well was the DC Universe happy with Patty Jenkins? She made $3 million for the first movie, directing it. She's going to make $9 million this next one. Mm, okay. Wonder Woman 2. Uh, she becomes Hollywood's highest-paid female director at that point. It's difficult to see how Captain Marvel could, quote, blow away... Those kinds of milestones. Though, of course, Wonder Woman did receive criticism for certain aspects, like including its portrayal of women of color. Take this time frame in mind. All right. World War One. All right. Anyway. I, can't, I didn't even know that was a criticism of the movie. I didn't either, but evidently was. <laughs> so there are undoubtedly ways Captain Marvel could be an improvement. Well, probably will be because it's going to take place in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether this rumor proves to be completely true or, or patently false remains to be seen. But fans who are eagerly anticipating Captain Marvel's introduction to the MCU may be glad to hear it could be a massive game changer. Though, of course, with this rumor building up hype, Captain Marvel, and this is what I said earlier, is going to need to meet or exceed those expectations. And what's the old saying? Promise low, deliver high. (laughs) All right? That's the way you always do it. But weren't there high expectations for Wonder Woman before it came out? I mean, I wouldn't say to this extent. Man, I'm saying Wonder Woman was taking a lot of of uh, of shots from people. There was a lot of stuff floating around. It was going to be a bomb. Mm-hmm. They said seen test screenings yeah. and it sucked and all kinds of stuff. And then when I went to the theater, I was like, what has everybody been seeing that I'm not seeing here? I was blown away. That was a great movie. Yes, well, you remember, I let you know immediately. Mm-hmm. You, got, you can't miss that movie. It was a good one. <laughs> And uh, I, I just felt Gail Gadot was going to nail that. I really, right. really did. 
All right, let me tell you about Sonny's Auto Salvage. Uh, that's your number one choice for recycled auto parts. I've been using Sonny's. Um, look, I've told you on the air many, many times. Everybody and every business I talk about, I have used in the past or not, uh, or presently or will use again in the future. I mean, it's not like I need PI roofing every week. Um, I've got them coming out, look at my roof here during the summer and we'll see if we got some work that needs to be done. And if I do, they're the ones that are going to do it for me because they're the best roofing company. I know I had arrow plumbing on yesterday. That's who I use when I need a plumber. And, uh, I use Sonny's when I want to save money on fixing my car. And let me tell you what happened. I got a 2009, uh, Corolla, the, uh, transmission went out on it or was going out on it. And so I took it to, uh, to over to RD at Sonny's. He found the transmission, his people put it in for me. They put them in, in a bigger radiator. So it would stay cooler, better and things of that nature. And it was run perfectly three year warranty parts, labor, unlimited mileage. And then, uh, we started having problems with the engine. I mean, the car's got 260 something thousand miles on it and it was losing uh, power uh, in one cylinder. So instead of going in and decarbon the engine and spending a lot of money, I decided to spend a little extra money right off the bat. And we put in one of those well-maintained total loss vehicle engines, uh, into it, uh, from a 2009 Corolla that only had 58,000 miles on it. Three year parts, labor, unlimited mileage goes into the car. And now my son-in-law, cause I gave it to my son-in-law and my daughter. So uh, they don't have to worry for three years about a car. It runs like a top. I mean, they do all the work and everything. They do a great job over at Sonny's. You can save money. You can get the peace of mind. Uh, if you can't go out and buy a brand new car, you don't want a car payment. This is the way to do it. 982-7451. 982-7451. And that is for Sonny's Auto Salvage. When we come back, who is a character that might show up in Deadpool 2? Tell you when we get back. Hey, you know, if you hate paying taxes now, just wait until you withdraw money from your IRA, 401k, or other retirement accounts. That's right. You're going to run into required minimum distributions. That could force you to withdraw money from these accounts, whether you want to or not, and can trigger an avalanche of taxes, and every year could get more and more expensive. Now, David Lucas, and you've heard David Lucas on my show, David Lucas, personal friend of mine, used to be part of the power panel of this show uh, five, six years ago, had him on to talk about uh, the economy, specializes in strategies that could reduce those taxes and save you thousands of dollars. Published author, host of the David Lucas show right here on one Oh one, one, uh, the answer at 10 AM on Saturdays and again at three. And if you saved at least $200,000 for retirement, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free review. Now, all you got to do is call 501-653-6690. You want to learn how you could save thousands of dollars in taxes on your IRA or 401k? Call 501-653-6690. Okay, now, 
Deadpool 2 opens up next weekend. Mm -hmm. The test screenings have been over the top. The first Deadpool was testing at a 91 percentage positive yeah. uh, before it was released. Mm-hmm. This one is testing at 98. 98. That's incredible. And that's after reshoots. Yeah. And there was a very important reshoot lately. Reshoots don't usually take very long. Yeah. They're very, it's just tweaking here and there. And with these great kind of preview showings they've gotten before they had the whole movie together exactly the way they want it and everybody being so positive about it. Yeah. Why would you do a two-hour reshoot somewhere? They did a two-hour reshoot. And then I started reading, and then I watched Nerdist.com, and I got to tell you, when they came up with their thoughts about it mm-hmm. and they started talking about it could be some people like um, if you remember at the end of Deadpool for the extra scene they took off on Ferris Bueller yeah and Deadpool kept saying you know hey, it's time to go home bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. well he mentioned cable that's right in that mm-hmm. who else did he mention Juggernaut? No. no. Um, I forgot. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched it. Guy who wears a patch in Marvel. Oh, my goodness. Samuel L. Jackson? But see, I didn't think it was going to be that obvious of a character. Yeah, they're, some... they're saying that Samuel L. Jackson may show up. They say Iron Man may show up, and they've said that Captain America may be showing up. So that's the traditional thing. Some people have been reporting that they're going to unveil a brand new villain in it as well. It's just not going to be Cable. Mm-hmm. And you brought up his name, Joggernaut. Yeah. Who is a great villain in the Marvel Universe. So maybe that's going to happen uh, as well. That's that's the other name that keeps popping up for me. By the way, uh, Dr. Timothy Lim will join us starting at 4 o'clock. He's a massive geek, as you know. Uh, Shane is going to be here today. I think Josh is going to going to be here. Although Josh might be a little late. Josh went up to Northwest Arkansas. Paula Dean was up in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to place Josh in the in the in the world of geekdom or nerddom or what, because <laughs> he went up to catch this whole presentation by Paula Dean. So he's up there seeing her, and then he's coming back. And uh, if if you happen to be a state police officer, and this guy wearing his pajamas is driving his car, and he's breaking the speed limit, let him get here. All right, let him get here. That's all I ask that you do. Let him get here. Uh, so That's he'll funny. he's he's coming. He's, well, he shows up in his pajamas more times than he shows up in regular clothes. That's true. Just that's what he does. I went out with my son last night uh, and my my wife and had dinner. And we had to stop by Wally World on the way home. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to see if they had any more Hawaiian shirts out yet. And they did. That's where I got the blue one I got on. Hope you like it. You like like this, guys? The people looking on 
Facebook Live right now. I got, Love that shirt. I, I got sailboats on me, and it's a nice mm-hmm. blue color. I'm a big blue mm-hmm. guy. I like blue and purple. And uh, I've got another one that my wife says is butt ugly. Her words, not mine. All right? And uh, I'm wearing it Sunday to church. Just just to be mean. Look who's wearing it. Just to be mean, all right? <laughs> I'm going to wear it on Mother's Day. So anyway, uh, my 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 son decides that he's going to buy some uh, of the like the, those lounging pajamas that mm-hmm. your generation likes to wear. I yeah. don't I don't wear those. I don't wear much of anything when I sleep. But the bottom line is, I know TMI. Uh, the thing that uh, yeah, Zach, you should go on a trip to D.C. with. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you. There'll be things that you see that you'll not be uh, ever erase from your memory. <sighs> yeah. Oh Lord, have mercy. Let us not even talk about the RNC. But yeah, bottom line was he went and bought. What what do they call those pajamas? I mean, it's not. They're not called pajamas. Lounge pants or something like that. He bought ones that were. Uh, like shorts, I mean, uh, cut off like you know, cutoffs or something. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him. I said, "What are you going to wear those for?" And he says, "They're cooler." And I said, "Just wear your underwear then. What are you covering up your underwear for? Nobody's in that room. Nobody's going to see you. What are you wearing something over your underwear for? I don't get. Wear your whitey tidies and stay cool." Yeah, he did exactly what you're doing. He's he was blushing. He didn't know what to say to his old man. I mean, that just don't make sense to me. Why? Why? And it doesn't make sense to me when I'm I'm out at Walmart and I see people walking around in their furry house shoes and slippers and pajama bottoms. I haven't figured that one so out. So basically, yet. these pajamas that he's he, that he bought kind of look like football shorts. But much tighter. Well, I wouldn't call them tight. They're kind of loose. Okay. They're kind of loose, but they're they're cotton, man. They're yeah. Not, they're not made out of the same thing that shorts, regular shorts, would be made out of or anything. But you're sleeping by yourself in a room by yourself. Why would you, you know get one of those little button towels that you can get? You know, snap towels. That if you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you don't want to walk out in your underwear, you put that on and snap it and go to the bathroom. I, I, do you understand that, Russ, wearing those kind of lounge pants? And in this case, lounge shorts? I got basketball shorts I wear around the house. Okay, but, you know, I can understand that. And if I'm not wearing basketball shorts, I've got a pair of, never mind. Okay. I got um, a pair of fishnet briefs I've run around in. Fishnet briefs. Ooh. You've never worn those when we've been on trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you, Dave. <laughs> I don't wear them either. My problem I don't wear nothing. We go from rated R Deadpool to, to uh, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, a, I'm a commando <laughs> kind of guy. What can I tell you? All right, we'll get a break in. We'll come back. We got another hour ahead of us. I want to come back to that story. I want to get what you think should happen to this woman, Zach. Stay with us. Get serious.
when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, uh, 3 o'clock hour, Dave Ellswick Show, and you hear about stories like this, and you just shake your head. Uh, After 26 years, this is from a USA Today story. A lot of people are carrying it now. Yeah. But I I just grabbed USA Today. After 26 years, two men have been exonerated of a gang rape that the alleged victim now admits never happened. The 1992 convictions of Van Dyke Perry and Gregory Counts for rape, sodomy, and kidnapping were vacated in New York court Monday. Prosecutors had joined attorneys for Perry and Counts on a motion asking a state Supreme Court judge in Manhattan to vacate the convictions because of new DNA evidence and the woman's revised story. Quote, it is every prosecutor's nightmare to convict an innocent person, unquote. That's what Manhattan Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus R. Vance Jr. said in a, a, a statement. This case is a tragedy for all involved. No, 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 no. This is not a tragedy for all involved. This is a tragedy for the people who did one 11 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit, the other 26 years in prison for a crime that he didn't commit, went into prison when he was 21, the other guy went in when he was 19. There is where the tragedy lies at. Not for anybody else. Uh, two New Yorkers were wrongfully deprived of their liberty during the prime of their lives for a crime they did not commit. This time can never be returned to them, but with today's exoneration, we hope we can begin the process of unburdening them and giving them a chance at a brighter, successful future. Think how much the world has changed since the 90s, since 1992. Mm-hmm. Since 1992, and now you're out in it, and you're and supposed to make your way. In your mid-40s, and must have make an adjustment. Yeah. A huge one. It doesn't make any sense. Now, let me let me read this, because it, 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 this is a prosecutor's worst nightmare. Whoever the prosecutor was at that time, these guys never should have been found guilty. Let mm-hmm. me just read this to you. The alleged victim said she was forced into a vehicle at Knife Point near a subway station in Queens. She said Perry and Counts, whom she already knew and who dealt drugs with her boyfriend, raped her along with a third man multiple times in the car and in Central Park when she refused to tell them where her boyfriend was. Uh, Got... uh, According to the New York Times, she said they punched her so hard her eye swelled, but a doctor who examined found no physical evidence to support her claim and there were no signs of sexual trauma. So let's write that down. No injury. Okay, I'm going to write that down, all right? Semen was found in the uh, semen was found in the woman's underwear, which she said she put back on after the rape. But listen to this, Ross. This is going to blow your mind. DNA testing excluded 
not included, excluded both Perry and Counts as the source. So the the semen is from someone else. All right. And there were no signs of sexual trauma. You know, when you're forcibly raped, there are signs that you were forcibly raped. Uh, he goes on to say, after the result came in, the and, and this is not just now. This is back then, all right? After that result, the woman said she had unprotected sex with her boyfriend the night before and the morning of the attack. Prosecutors argued in court the semen in her underwear belonged to the boyfriend, although they never tested his DNA. Mm. In addition, the car in which the woman said the rape occurred was never searched. The alleged victim's testimony was the extent of the prosecutor's case against Perry and Counts. There was not one lick of physical evidence linking them to this crime. Counts contacted the Innocence Project, which began to take a new look at this case. After new FBI testing linked the DNA to a man who died in 2011, the district attorney's conviction integrity program and office of the appellate defenders reinvestigation project in 2017 joined the new investigation. Why did it take another six years for them to get involved? Eventually, additional evidence and new interviews led the woman to admit that the rape never happened. She recanted her testimony and said her boyfriend had pressured her to falsely accuse Perry and Counts, says the district attorney. The woman won't face charges because the statute of limitations has expired. This case paints a very dark picture of the criminal justice system in New York City, especially at the time and continuing today, said the uh, senior staff attorney with the Innocence Project. Like so many other cases that have come to light in recent years, these young black men were aggressively prosecuted, given lengthy prison sentences, with very little care for finding the truth. I got to give Counts all the credit in the world. He said he does not want to be overtaken by bitterness. I didn't want to waste one more minute being angry when I could spend that minute being happy, he told the Innocence Project. What a terrible story. And you can't do anything to this woman because the statute of limitations runs out. How can the statute of limitations run out It didn't run out for the guy that was in prison. If she hadn't recanted, he'd still be cooling his heels behind bars. There is seemingly only one crime where there is no statute of limitations, and that is murder. Murder, one. Well, there needs to be, on when people are trumping up evidence and trumping up testimony and things of that, like I've said about prosecutors who have hidden evidence and things of that nature, if that's found out, I, I think there should be a law mm-hmm. in the books that say that the prosecutor immediately goes to jail. Mm. Immediately. 
You let the person that was uh, found guilty under spurious per, uh, uh, per, uh, things that have happened, take them out of jail, put the prosecutor in jail. In this case, put that woman in jail. 26 years. You took 26 years from a man's life. You now go in and give up 26 years of your own life. Oh, it pisses me off. This really pisses me off. Well, I, I, I saw a video the other day. Actually, it was two videos. One of a woman who uh, got on Facebook and cried on Facebook about the fact that she was harassed and uh, coerced and uh, feared for her life by a deputy who had pulled her over for speeding and gave her a ticket for uh-huh. speeding. The uh, ticket was for 70 and a 55. Now, Dave, that's not much for you. But No, I usually do 90 and a 55. I know you do. <laughs> but, I'm just kidding. Uh, the sheriff's deputy pulled her over and went up and did his due diligence. Um, and I know, that, I know the story you're going to tell she now. got Go done, ahead. she posted on Facebook her crying about how she was harassed and uh, racially targeted. Well, the sheriff himself got the body cam video and posted all the nine whole, and a half minutes the of The whole it. video, right? The Not just her video, every, video, the whole video. From the moment that the deputy got out of his car, went up, talked to her, and asked for her, she was in a rental car, asked for her license, and went back, wrote up the ticket, and it took him a while to write that ticket up after he got back to the car and got up and said, ma'am, I need you to understand this is a summons to appear in court for the county court to uh, face on the charge of speeding in a... uh, in a 55 mile an hour zone at 70 miles an hour and i need you to sign this and she said i'm not signing anything he said ma'am this is not an admission of guilt this is you signing that you're going to take care of business the way you're supposed to and if i refuse to sign it then i will pull you out of the car arrest you and take you to jail and he was as nice as he possibly could be about it she took the ticket, she signed it, and he handed her her copy and went on about their business. And five minutes later, she's posted on Facebook and live the sheriff's department. Yeah. And crying that she was verbally harassed and was threatened by this sheriff's deputy. Uh-huh. Who... Didn't do anything. Just as nice as could be. Just just gave her a ticket because she was breaking the law. Firm in what he was going to do if she refused to take care of business. Yeah, I'll have to remove you from your car, and I will have to put you under arrest because you're not. You won't sign for the ticket. Just the way it goes, you know. And you can cool your heels in jail while you wait to get in front of the judge, basically. So anyway, she was a. By the way, she worked. At a radio station. We won't get into where the radio station is or anything like that. But the bottom line, she worked at a radio station. And now all of this has become public 
and I want to see what happens to her and her junk. Yeah, sure apparently we'll, she was uh, in Virginia on, on I don't know, family business or something like that. Like a vacation or whatever? Yeah, it may have been a vacation. Because she was from, well, Fresno, was it, that you told me? Was she from Fresno? I don't, I don't know where she was I from. I heard it was she, she from Fresno. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, as terrible as that is, though, you go back and this, these guys got 11 and 26 years that they spent. No, I agree jail. with you. That's yeah. much worse. No injuries. The semen didn't match either one of them. There was no vaginal tearing or anything like that. Nothing to show that there had been anything in any attack like that. The car was never searched. And I'm going to tell you, this is, of course, in the 90s. And so uh, evidently at that time, uh, if you were a young black man, if the, if the prosecutor got in front and said, this is what happened and blah, 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 uh, they slammed the jail cell door on you. But it amazes me that, one, the prosecutor kept going after this case when all you had to do is look at the, the, the evidence that was not there that these guys weren't guilty. And then, uh, you know, secondly, uh, this woman ha- has, has lied, and now they're saying the, the statute of limitations is up, and you can't do anything to her. Uh, it just, hey, oh, we're just so sorry that you lost 26 years of your life. That's crap. Now, I'm not going to say you get your 26 years back because the woman gets, you know, time in jail. But there's at least some semblance of justice here. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, when you hear this story, does it make you freak out? Well, it just makes me sad that they lost that many years of their life. And, you know, that just what you can't get back. And um, that's the biggest thing that I'm taking away from it. It sucks to you know, be in that situation. And can't go after the person that did this wrong to you. They should go after the prosecutor as well. They should go back, find out who it was, and go after him if he's still alive. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, that 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 is such a, that's not even putting a blindfold on, on justice, man. That's putting a, a, a garrot. And it, there's just no, there's no semblance of justice there at all. They, they railroaded those guys right into jail. Uh, how serious, how sad is that? Can you imagine what have ha- would have happened if, you know, this guy that was in there for 26 years has gotten out now? What if they had never gotten this information and the guy had spent his whole entire, entire life and had died in prison and he was an innocent man? Stuff's not supposed to happen in this country. I know it does. We just saw it that it does. But it'll continue happening unless that you have teeth in the law that goes after the people that perpetuate this kind of stuff to make it stop. It's just like people who unlawfully vote. They do voter fraud here in the state. Did you know that there's no real law uh, of punishment for those people? So why wouldn't they do it? There's no, there's no punishment if you get caught. Ridiculous. Yeah, take a break. <laughs> yeah, take a break. 500 people in America undergo amputation every day. Every year, more than 1,000 babies are born with a limb difference. And by 2050, 3.6 million people here in our country will be living with limb loss. 
Uh, these are just a few of the facts that uh, the folks over at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics want you to think about because, you know, uh, accidents and all kinds of things can rear their ugly heads and cause you to, you know, lose a foot, lose a leg, lose a hand, whatever. And uh, what do you do when that happens? First of all, you need to be your own advocate. That means you got to ask all the questions and know what the options that are available to you. And then I'm going to tell you one of the options that you should use is to call Horton's Orthotic and Prosthetics and set up a time to sit down and talk with one of their professionals, Mike or Chris or, or Tanya, and let them answer all your questions and walk you through uh, the process that you've now been uh, thrust into. Uh, call them at 501-663-2908, 501-663-2908, or uh, their location is 5220 West 12th Street in Little Rock. Uh, make sure if you go to uh, their business, take in an ID with a picture on it, like a driver's license, uh, your uh, health insurance card, and the piece of paper from your doctor that talks about your treatment. And then they are going to do everything they can do working with you so that you can get, uh, you know, your ability to have the mobility you want or to, you know, be able to get around it. Maybe you're, you've got a false hand now or a false foot because there's a lot of different things I'm telling you you never think about. Uh, un- unless, uh, you're in that situation. I mean, I was talking to, uh, the gentleman that was here three weeks ago and he runs, uh, uh, you know, the marathons, the real long, the, the Ironman stuff. And you may have seen people who have artificial limbs and they put socks over, uh, the stump of their leg or whatever, and then put it on. Well, when you're running and uh, you're sweating, you got to sometimes change the sock or maybe you got to go from a heavier sock to a lighter sock and you got to work with your, uh, the, f- the folks that make your uh, prosthetic, uh, to uh, be able to do that. And the folks over at, uh, Hortons can do all of that type of work. So again, their phone number is 501-663-2908. I've known this family for years, uh, for 16 years, maybe longer now that I think about it. And Mike and Chris and Tanya are great people. Gary, the, the, the dad, fantastic. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, let's get back. And uh, we've got another serious topic I'd like to talk to you about uh, before you, we can get back to having some fun here. Dr. Tim Lim and Shane Stacks, I think Josh is going to make it, are, are going to be here. And we're going to talk all things geek and, and nerd uh, as the end of the show goes on today story coming from the uh, Washington Free Beacon in Washington, D.C., written by Adam Credo. The Trump administration is examining a new plan to help Iranians fighting the hardline regime in Iran following America's exit from the landmark nuclear deal and reimposition of harsh economic sanctions that could topple a regime already beset by protests in a crashing economy. That's according to a copy of the plan obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. The three-page white paper being circulated among National Security Council officials in the White House offers a strategy by which the Trump administration 
can actively work to assist an already aggravated Iranian public topple the hardline ruling regime through a democratization strategy that focuses on driving a deeper wedge between the Iranian people and the ruling regime. The plan was authored by the Security Studies Group, or SSG, a national security think tank that has close ties to a senior White House national security officials, including the national security advisor, John Bolton, which seeks to reshape longstanding American foreign policy toward Iran by emphasizing an explicit policy of regime change, something the Obama administration opposed when popular protests gripped Iran in 2009. The regime change plan seeks to fundamentally shift U.S. policy towards Iran and has found a receptive audience in the Trump administration, which has been moving in this direction since Bolton, a longtime and vocal supporter of regime change in Iran since he came to the White House. It de-emphasizes U.S. military uh, intervention, instead focusing on a series of moves to embolden an Iranian population that has increasingly grown angry at the ruling regime for its heavy investments in military adventurism across the region. Jim Hansen, SSG's president, told the Free Beacon that the Trump administration has no appetite for U.S. military intervention in Iran, but is very focused on efforts to rid Iran of its hardline ruling regime. The uh, Trump administration has no desire to roll tanks in an effort to directly topple the Iranian regime, but they would be much happier dealing with a post-Mullah government. That's the most likely path to a nuclear weapons-free and less dangerous Iran. An NSC official declined to comment directly on the report but confirmed the administration is consistently working to change the Iranian regime's behavior. Okay, so with that part of the story, and there's, there's more to the story, but not, a, you know, about secondary sources and things of that nature. Uh, this is the Trump administration saying, well, you know, we're going to try to help you, but what we're not going to do is we're not going to, you know, land a couple hundred thousand troops on on your on the border, say in Iraq and, and invade Iran. That's just not going to happen. I mean, I know a lot of you that I've talked to over the past have said, uh, you know, people of peoples of these countries should uh, do things like, uh, you know, fight for their own freedom. Well, problem is, how do you fight for your own freedom if you don't have the, the weapons to fight uh, with? Uh I mean, even the United States, when we were fighting for independence against the British, uh, the French came to our aid, and if they had not, uh, I think we would have still won, but it would have prolonged the war for quite some time. So the blockade by the French and things of that nature uh, gave us the ability to win that war. So if there's things that we can do diplomatically, uh, 
by tightening these sanctions up to the point that, you know, those mullahs heads pop over there, uh, then I think that we should do it. Uh, the only thing that you've got to be careful of when you talk about regime change, you know who you're dealing with right now. And, uh, I know there's a lot of people that probably are in the Trump administration and, um, that are out there, uh, watching this situation in, in Iran thinking anybody would be better than the people that are in there right now. But then we find out anybody shows up and they're not as good even as these people are, you know, you got to wait, you got to wait to the country fills the vacuum, so to speak. And they evidently have a ongoing and a very aggressive nuclear weapon program. And somebody is going to be in charge of that. And you got to make sure that whoever that somebody is, or as sure as you can be, that they're not going to just ramp uh, that up and try to get a, a nuke as quick as they possibly can. Because with a lot of power comes changes in a lot of people's minds. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's not worth trying, but because something's got to be done about these guys over in Iran, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to watch and see. I don't know how they would try to get weapons into these people, and I would assume that that's going to be part of the deal so that they can fight back. I mean, kind of hard to fight back against, you know, the Iranian uh, National Guard, uh, which is a fairly well-trained military force. I mean, they're not, you know, a bunch of pikers. Uh, you can't fight against them, you know, with pitchforks and shovels. you got to have some uh, weapons of your own to be able to do that. So uh, this is something to be um, keep your, keep our eyes on and, and to see uh, what occurs uh, in Iran with that. Uh, they, they do have some things going against the regime and that they've been spending money that uh, at one time they were spending on the populists. They're spending to, to Hezbollah and Hamas and other terrorist groups and things of that nature and the people have had enough of it they're tired of it uh they want something different to be um, exact so i guess we're going to have to watch and and see uh what's going on uh with the trump administration a lot of this will be done uh, this will be done uh covertly uh, where we don't see it happening for the most part. Uh, they'll be working with, you know, the underground, so to speak, over in Iran, trying to help them deal with uh, these people that are in charge right now. But you have to be very, very close. And you have to be, you know, you got to have boots on the ground. People have got to be able to give you true inaccurate information so that you can make uh, decisions. And now evidently they can, the Iranian government can be penetrated because uh, the Israelis just did it uh, here with all of that 
material and files and and things that they they got of the uh, Iranian nuclear program and not only did they get it they got it out of the country into Israel and I mean it was thousands of books and CDs and all kinds of stuff it was it was a huge haul and uh, something tells me whoever was the head of the uh, protection of all of that uh, probably doesn't have that job any longer just know that that's uh, you know that's what our government is doing i think we have to do something i'm glad they're not you know shaking the sabers and saying and and, and going to move uh, american troops on the border just sitting there uh threatening i, I don't think that would that would do anything uh, to help us over there uh, in in dealing with this. All right, so let's take a break. We'll come back after this break and uh, pick up a few more stories that are breaking out right now over uh, in the Middle East. Middle East is getting kind of crazy right now. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got to tell you, the mayor over in London reminds me of de Blasio in New York. Just crazy stuff. Remember his thing that he pulled down with the uh, With the exception the of de Blasio is not a Muslim. Yeah, well, I agree with that. But they're both numbskulls, all right? I mean, they're both stupid. I remember de Blasio did the thing where you couldn't go in and buy a 32-ounce soda anymore, but you could buy, oh, two, yeah. you could buy two 16-ounce ones. <laughs> anyway. The mayor of London says he wants to tackle, quote, the ticking time bomb of child obesity in London. If his appro- uh, proposal is going to be approved and what he wants to do, that advertisements for unhealthy food and drink will be banned on the London underground, the overground buses and bus shelters, uh, the scheme is backed by child health experts, but the Ad- Advertising Association says it's going to have little impact. I agree. I'm going to tell you why this is crazy stuff, all right? The junk food advertising ban forms part of the mayor's London food strategy. Now, first of all, put yourself in the place of a person living in London and you've got a mayor that you elect mayor. I'm going to just say that for the most part, when people elect mayors, they are expecting him to make sure the police do their job. The fire department does their jobs. Uh, that, uh, you know, the red lights and green lights work correctly. The buses run on time and things of that nature. Something tells me, that people did not, come on in, Tim, that people did not hire this mayor for his London food strategy, which has been published now for uh, consultation. The uh, strategy said it had a, quote, large advertising estate with a diverse audience and is supporting the mayor's attempts to make London healthier. The mayor wants to reduce the influence and pressure that can be put on children and families to make unhealthy choices. He said, quote, I can just see him standing up there, his chest all puffed out, you know, and he's saying, 
I am determined to do all I can to tackle this issue with the powers I have and help Londoners make healthy food choices for themselves and their families. And that's why I'm proposing to ban advertisements for harmful junk food for our entire tube and bus network. He also intends to ban advertisements for food and drinks high in fat, salt, or sugar. Spokesman for the mayor's office said if the ban comes in, quote, everyone will be affected, whether it's the biggest fast food chain or the most niche. And their products will be assessed against the nutrition profiling model developed by the Governmental Food Standards Agency. Companies could, he added, choose to swap their advertisements for burgers or fizzy drinks for healthier products within their range, such as salads or bottled water. Now, here's what doesn't change, just so you know. Like any subway system in the world, there's fast food places all over where people can buy food. This doesn't have any effect on them. They can still be down there selling their crap 24-7. But they're not going to let them advertise on the walls or anything saying to come in and have a Big Mac. Now, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a Burger King burger or something like that. But they can put up, well, we serve salads, you know. They can put up their their logos, things of that nature. Changes This changes nothing. Uh, he says he's aware that high sugar, fat, and salt ads bring in about 13 million pounds for the city. And he says his new band will not apply to companies just to their less healthy products. Advertise with us, he'll say, as long as you're pushing your healthier wares. That could cut the expected losses, but how does the policy fit into a wider business plan that has the shops at stations selling unhealthy snacks or kiosks on the tube selling chocolate and crisps, like a candy bar. And what did the mayor said when he was asked that question? Well, we can all indulge occasionally. Folks, this is a perfect example of what socialism brings you. It takes your money to tell you what you shouldn't do and then gives you nothing in return. Nothing. This is not going to work. Like I said, de Blasio, when he tried this in New York City, I want you to remember he said people couldn't buy 32-ounce or larger sodas. But you could go out and buy two 16-ounce sodas which the last time I used my high school math equaled up to 32 ounces. It's insane stuff. It's crazy stuff. People want to drink soda, they're going to drink soda. They want to eat, you know, fast food, you're going to eat food. I don't, I don't, fast food, I don't care what you eat. And the government shouldn't either. I, I just got to believe that the people of London are looking at this guy and, and well, the left will love him because it's all about feelings and it's all about we're protecting the children and all the rest. 
when in fact it does nothing. It does nothing except waste money. And uh, I find it, I just find it very interesting that people are so gullible. Follow, follow, uh, follow along with it. By the way, Dr. Tim Lim is in the studio. Remember that he works over at UALR and his, uh, of course, thoughts and opinions are his and his alone do not represent that of the university. With that said, now I can talk to him. Uh, you just heard this story. What do you think? Um, you brought up a good point at the very end, and one thing that I've noticed, so I have a, fr- a couple of friends, former friends, who were about, <laughs> basically avowed socialists, and the thought occurred to me because if you look at socialism as an experiment, it's the idea that you're giving money to people who are telling you what to do and what can't do. That's right. And the one thing I've noticed about, about all these former friends of mine who were avowed socialists was they all lacked self-control. And case in point, I had one who I loaned a considerable sum of money, and immediately what he did with it, it was supposed to be paying off his student loans. He turned around, and he was buying all sorts of knickknacks on eBay with it, and I, I called him out on it, and he got mad at me, and he said, just to let you know, you guilted me so much that I bought this $150 item. I had to sell it on eBay for $30. <laughs> Here you go. And I had no response to that, because I thought to myself, if you don't realize how ridiculous you sound right now as a as a 25-year-old man who should have fiscal responsibility, I can't help you. But then the thought occurred to me. The reason why they, I think, subconsciously like this form of government is one of two things. One, they want to be the power player, so they want to be that person telling you what to do. Two, they've grown up their whole life needing other people to tell them what to do. And they want to do things, and there'll be no – there's no uh, – nothing happens to them. No repercussions. If it, yeah, if it's a bad decision, you're going to – Bail me out. Right. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, Shane Stacks is going to be coming by. We'll see him. If Josh makes it back from Paula Dean in time, he'll join us today as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. I'm sitting here in the studio with uh, Dr. Lim here, and we're talking to each other. And who walks in? Uh, Mitch Breitweiser. Rooster in the hen house. See, he had told me. Yeah, he is in the hen house. That's that's the best way to look at it. He had told me that he didn't think he's going to make it today because he was taking uh, his wife to see her mom, right? That's right. But something tells me you didn't make it on the road today yet. Uh, yeah, we're going to leave after after the show. <laughs> so. Well, where is she? We made a Delve, is she like down, exception. Is she, is she like sitting down in the parking lot right now? No, she's listening on Facebook. Oh, Okay. Hi, Elizabeth. You got to come on sometime. All right, you got to come on. We want to get you back up here. They need to bring their cat. Have you seen his cat? It's amazing. He doesn't talk. He's though. hilarious. <laughs> well, he can. He, we have video now. Oh, okay. So people can. He's see him. hilarious. That's what he is. He's hilarious. Oh, they changed all the stories all of a sudden. I got to find my Captain Marvel story. This whole thing that I was just telling you guys about was um, on Screen Rant. And now they pulled the story down and changed all their stories because they want to keep everybody coming back to see what new is new there. So let me just bring you up to date what I talked about in the first hour because I thought it was so cool that I, I talked about it. First of all, I wouldn't want to be Brie Larson right now because they are putting such huge expectations on Captain Marvel. I wouldn't want to be her and have to deliver them. They're saying that Captain Marvel 
is going to blow everybody's socks off and be better than Wonder Woman and will change the Marvel Universe in a bigger way than the Avengers Infinity War. That's a lot of hype. That is a lot of hype. I mean, that's you better be able to deliver that. You see, I, I want to tell everybody my stuff is going to be terrible. It's going to be so bad. Under promise, yeah, over deliver. Over deliver, exactly. <laughs> that's what you do. I do that with my, my clients. I say, hey, I can do this for you and that for you. And then I do a lot more for them, and they're really happy then. Exactly. Because they got a lot more than what they were expecting. Seems like good business sense that's, to me. To me, that's the best way to do it. And said... Instead of saying, well, we're going to bring on Brie Larson, who's 5'7", doesn't even look like a superhero, and put her in this movie, and it, she's going to be better than uh, Gil Gadot. I mean, woo. Well, and the expectations yeah. are going to be – so the good news is that it can't get any worse than the comics. I mean, <laughs> I, I Cap- worked on the merchandise Can for the I comics. Can I ask this question? Yeah, go ahead. Captain Marvel is not a big commodity – for Marvel. They've been pushing They've it. been pushing it, yeah. yeah they, they push it, but the... Well, you know why they push it? They have to do a comic every two years. That's part of the deal that they struck with the comic book company they bought Marvel from. Well, not just that, but she's they're trying to make her a flagship character, but also a poster child for feminism, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why all the books are terrible. I know I worked on the merchandise for it. <laughs> Big push, uh, little, very little demand, which is why her book has been canceled and re-upped every so often. That's another reason why. So the good news is that it, hopefully when they make the movie, I hope it's better than the books. At worst, it will be just as bad as the books are, but that's a... That's a lot of expectations riding on one property. Okay, so the the way they're going to do this, the storyline, evidently, that's being portrayed, Captain Marvel, which came out, I think, in 1968, was a guy. Correct. Okay, it was a man. And he was Cree, mm-hmm. which says that the timeline, since it's in the 90s, is kind of going to be take us on the secret agents of Marvel time. Okay, that's where we're going to kind of be at. Now, they're in the future right now. Well, they're back in the present, but they were in the future, and we see what the Kree was trying to do and things of that nature. Now, you got that, and they have taken this and make and went to jump forward to 1982 because that's where Captain Marvel changed from being a man to a woman. Correct. Gender fluidity, all right? I mean, <laughs> that happened, all right? That can happen happens. anytime in anytime a comic. to anybody. In a comic. Yeah. You can change them from anything to anything in a moment. And so they did. And she's never done well uh, in Marvel in Marvel Comics. Now, she's going to have the, this Cree thing going for her. So that what they're allowing themselves to do is since it's taking place in the 90s, the timeline that we've been in started in 2008. So now we're going back before Iron Man appeared for the first MCU movie, and they can change everything up. And that, Total I reboot. Think, I think that's what Avengers New 4 is going to do. and all that kind of stuff. Well, they got to do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. says he's done. Chris Evans says he's done. You got to find new and what's his name plays the Hulk says he's done. I'm glad I want him to go away. <laughs> that seems to be the popular sentiment is uh, Mark Ruffalo being the weakest link in the whole. Well, he kind of is. Yeah, he really, really kind of is. I 
I want to see what they do with Hawkeye now. Is it Hawkeye? Hawkeye. Okay. Mm-hmm. I miss uh, the guy from Fight Club. What's his name? Edward Norton. Uh, Norton. Yeah. Well, he was good at He looked like Hulk. he was just about to explode in every sequence. I mean, I, I think they had some issues with him. but, but Yeah, personal stuff. Yeah, personal yeah, stuff. He didn't yeah. like the but script. <laughs> he, was, he was the perfect Bruce Banner. I mean, he just looked like he was just going to explode at any second. He just has that, gravi- that I don't know, that energy. But what's the guy's name that's the head of the MCU, Feig, or whatever? Michael, uh, Kevin Feige. Feige? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know how to say his name. My bottom line is, it looks like to me, this is a pretty smart move to be able to reboot the whole universe. It's very convenient. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a, well, it's kind of like a soap opera, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, who killed JR? And you step out of the shower. <laughs> well, I, I was telling my wife this, but with Infinity War... Um, I'm guessing you've seen it oh, already. Excellent! It's it's a it's fantastic. Let me just say, if you haven't seen it, we may hit a spoiler or two. <laughs> put your fingers in your ear, and if you haven't seen, it, how come? That's all I got to say about that. Well, the one thing that I've noted was, in terms of comics, there was never any bigger event than Infinity Gauntlet, right. which is what the movie's based off of. So I don't know where they're going to go after that because everything else has kind of been a weaker event than fighting Thanos. Yeah. So and they. So not only are they going to have to up their game, but they're also going to have to up themselves in terms of the movie it's, itself. So I don't, I don't know, but you know, he's. I think he's steered the ship pretty well so far. So we'll just have to see. What did you guys think of Thanos? Did you like the character? I haven't seen the movie. No, you yeah, haven't. Yeah. Okay. What so was the one before? No spoilers. No spoilers. Well, no, you can no. spoil it for me. I don't care. <laughs> no. It's okay. It's all stories. So. Yeah, that's true. But I, I uh, did you have you seen what I've happened s- to? To um, Star Lord, uh, I've seen. Uh, so I'm like, I'm a few years behind, Dave. Okay, <laughs> I've seen I've seen Civil War, but I think I fell asleep at the end. And then I've seen the I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy a couple times, but I haven't seen the sequel. Okay, so so you know who Chris Pine? Yes, Pine Police. Yeah. Okay, of course there's, I know I kind of know what happens. There's a big scene in the movie. All right, that is you know, did he stop and allow Thanos to succeed? Basically. Mm-hmm. There are people, live people, seriously, that are way too deep into this stuff. Did you see? The, did you see the text that he was getting? No. They were saying, "What the f is wrong with you? You let Thanos win." <laughs> they, they believe it's happening. That this stuff is, I really going on. There are. I'm just saying, if that's how it really is, there's a lot of sick people rotating around us in this world. Well, Mitch and I, we're both followed by normal people on social media. Yeah. So, Are you fo- uh, <laughs> but I, do you have problems with abnormal people at times who think that the characters that you've developed, like Drax? Well, I mean, they don't really direct it at me. Okay. <laughs> so, so the writer? Not yet, anyway. Yeah? Uh, I think that, I don't know. I, I see these videos going around of people reacting to, like, the new trailers and the, the different things. They'll do these reaction shots, and then they're really over the top and crying, and it seems a little much to a me. A lot of people know. freaked out on this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Russo Brothers, ballsy ending, man. It was great. I, I mean, it. that was really a ballsy ending. And my man came, he did a great job. You know, Doctor Strange was fantastic in that movie. He got a lot of screen time, didn't he? That's he did. Hear. He got a lot of screen. And 
my favorite scene is when he broke up into all of he's got he got like 12 dr strange just floating around doing things you know i love that kind of stuff that whole projection thing that he does i that's one of my favorite favorite characters i got one of the oversized comic books from the 60s that of dr strange i love dr strange well my wife she's She's as normal as you can get. She's not even a comic book fan, but she likes the movies. And uh, I don't think she'll mind me saying this on the air, but she cried at the end of the movie. She hasn't read the the book, so she yeah. wasn't. She didn't know what to expect. So I told her that's the the emotional resonance that those movies have shows that it's a good development of character when you can sure have is. that reaction. It was really really good. It was an excellent movie. I thought the Black Panther part was was solid. It was in it. Uh, I thought the raccoon was great. Did you, did you hear? The guy who does Groot, who does Guardians of the uh, Galaxy, they brought him in to do the Groot part in the movie. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel? Uh, not Vin Diesel. I mean, oh. the guy that wrote the character. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right, from the comic books. Yeah. Did you hear what the final words Groot said to, Racco- to Ro- is it Rocky <laughs> Raccoon? I don't know. Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, Rocket Raccoon. Did you hear what he said? Uh-uh. He called him Dad. What, really? <laughs> yes. Oh. He called him dad when he was disappearing. Oh, he I said, didn't hear that. He said, dad. He didn't say it. He said, I am Groot. Right. But I am Groot means millions of different things. Yeah, that's right? what I was about to say. Yeah. And he meant, dad. Oh, okay. Like, um, help. You know, wow. same thing with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I thought that was some of the best scenes in Marveldom, to be honest with you. <laughs> so who gets to come back? That's the question. You read the story, so yeah. you read. The, you didn't read the comic book either. Yeah, I've read some of them. Okay, so you, you got a feel for what's going to happen. But here's the key: who they bring back, and and now with this whole Captain Marvel thing, they can really twist this one up. Mm-hmm. And where's, for instance, where does Ant Man and Wasp play in this? Because they're in the current time frame. Yeah, and we're assuming that their movie takes place. While all this is going on. Either while or before. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be... That's the one I'm excited about. I think it... Yeah. The trailer The relationship dynamic. Hilarious. And, and yeah. The, uh, it seems very grounded. Yeah. That's the one I'm really in, enthused about. It looks funny. Yeah. It looks funny. So. And uh, the special effects look excellent. That part where they throw the Pez dispenser at the car and make it big yeah. cracked me up. That was really good. And that's that's why I like I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy so much. Is it it they formed this family bond and then they acted like a like a kind of a dysfunctional family. That's it what was it was realistic all about. and it was funny and it felt real in, in that aspect. Even though it was this He's big space love opera. Infinity War <laughs> because Groot is a teenager now. Oh, okay. And it's all hilarious. Right. Yeah. It's really funny. It's really funny how they play off of that. That's very good. He's at the awkward phase. Yes, yeah, and it's good. It's it's good, and Drax is excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Batista has fallen into a, a really great lucky part. Yeah, no kidding. You know, he's, he looks good. He's doing he's doing well in that uh, that he he was good in uh, oh the Gosling and Harrison Ford movie um, Blade Runner Blade Runner twenty forty nine or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He was good in that at the very beginning. It was. That was pretty cool. Of course, that's when it, you saw Ryan Gosling wasn't a human being, you know. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, Dave. You know? yeah. <laughs> what can I say? If you have, look, if you haven't seen that movie, it ain't my fault that I can say it. But uh, you haven't seen it, have you? 
No, Dave, I, I'm too busy making you're, these you're things. You're making this stuff. <laughs> you're, you're making things that people are going to make in another 10 years, going to be making into big movies. I don't know. In the big screen for you. I kind of like can, this You put that thing. intention out there and... I'm liking some of the stuff that you're doing, man. We're liking well, all I of, We're liking everything. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything I don't like. This whole steampunk feel that you've got yeah, going. Yeah, we're, we're cooking some stuff up, so I, I don't want to... I know you, know, you don't want to give anything give away. Anything away, but we've got, we've got some things in the works that might be exciting, and you'll be one of the first to know about it. So what, what's Elizabeth working on right now? Uh, she's wrapping up a book called Kill or Be Killed that we've talked about before. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah. going to be – she's uh, entering its final issue. So that whole series is going to wind up. That's the one that's going to be um, produced or directed by the uh, the guy from John Wick, the director ah, from John Wick. So that's going to be on the – so great. go ahead and check out the books. And that way when it hits the big screen, you you know, you can uh, have already enjoyed the books and, and have this different experience. Okay, she, now she's doing a lot of the inking and stuff. Is she doing coloring? The coloring. coloring. Okay. Is she doing she doing any scripting at all? Does she work no, on that end of it at not, all? Not really, other than you know, I'll run some of my stuff by her occasionally and she'll kick kick back some feedback or knock me across the head if I you know, want to put something stupid in there. I guess the big thing is, can can she like get her SAG card if they when they make the movie, or they or would they might use her in any capacity? I don't know. Cameo character, that'd be great. Uh, I think they should hire her to consult uh, to be a color consultant for the color graders. They can Personally, do that in the I think she'd be really good at it. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And lighting, you know? lighting, and color is kind of her thing. You have to go out and live out in California or something for about four months. Then when you come back, you really love Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> no kidding. I'm just saying. I All don't right. think I want to live there. Elizabeth, this is for you. Next time in studio. We want you back in studio to talk about this book and stuff. We want to hear from you. All right, 22 minutes after Forrest. Take a quick break. We'll come back. Mitch Breitweiser is here. I'm honored to have him in, and Tim Lim is here. Same way. Here's what you you're not on. I, I don't know if everybody understands this or not. These guys that you're listening to, these are the guys that are doing the real stuff that you read in comic books, and it ends up on the big screen. Mitch Breitweiser. We take did, these slings and arrows for you. Yeah. Dave. Mitch Breitweiser is the man behind Drax. One you, of. Yeah. <laughs> well, the main one you kind of are. I designed the current. Cost the current look of Drax. Yeah. yeah, that's that's all. That's me. That's you. And then uh, and he worked on Captain America. Yeah, I know. I yeah. mean, it's with just, Dave Morrell, inventor of Rambo. Unbelievable. By the way, did you see where uh, Sylvester Stallone's going to do uh, Rambo Five? I heard about that. Yeah, fight the Mexican go. cartel. All right, got to take a break. I've been told. We'll break. We'll come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Now I know we're not even through a whole lot of 2018. But I kind of have been looking at 2019 movies, and it's pretty interesting what's coming up. I mean, the one that I'm waiting for right now, Deadpool 2, I'm interested in seeing. But the one that I will not miss is The Incredibles 2. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big smash hit. I, I, I mean, they still I sell Incredibles toys in Walmart and Move stuff. up on the microphone. Oh, They still sell Incredibles <laughs> toys in Walmart. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the pump is prime. That's going to be a big hit. And I think Brad Bird got screwed. With Tomorrowland? You, you know, well, no, in, in at Pixar oh. with these, you know, years-old uh, things, the whole hashtag Me Too BS. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – 
I wish he would have done Star Wars instead of going off and doing that. Uh, was it Tomorrowland or mm-hmm. whatever that was? It. I was very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to say something nice about the movie and I can't. The it, actress it was, was good. I like yeah, the actress. Yeah, I mean, and then I, I knew I wouldn't like it because Clooney was in it. Clooney just plays that sappy movie star. I don't think he acts. He was good in Oh Brother, yeah. though. Well, that's... I mean, that's yeah. an exception, but I yeah, mean, he was... He's going back a long way. <laughs> Maybe Ocean's... What was it? One, we're up to Ocean's 93. Uh, yeah, he was all right in that. The next one is because we're in the the hashtag Me Too. It's all women in the next Ocean's movie that's coming out next year. It's like Ocean 7, I think. It's a really low number. Too. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, let's do news and we come back. I just want to talk about movies I didn't know that they were making. Like, I didn't know they were making a live-action Dumbo. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tim Lim is here. And, uh, of course, uh, the man himself, the legend. I like like to build things up for Mitch. I really (laughs) do. Bottom line is I'm doing to him like they're doing to Captain Marvel. Yeah, you're setting my expectations <laughs> way too high. Just kidding. No. I'm just saying, if you're going to set expectations that high, you better know you're going to deliver it. That's all I got to say. And for some reason, I I look at Brie Larson, and I think, put her on the big screen next to Gild Gadot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not talking about beauty or anything. I'm talking about physicality. Yeah, well... She just had killer charisma. I mean, unbeatable. Who, Gil? Gail. Or Gail? Or Gail, yeah. yeah. Gail. Gail, 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 yeah. Gail, Gail. Gail. Gail, yeah. She was great. She's she's great. Shane, Shane Stacks just said, I'm headed your way. Oh, no. Hey, uh, Russ, lock the door, will you? Okay, thanks. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but it's going to be interesting to hear what, what Shane has said. I, I look at Shane as kind of the, quote, traditionalist. So. Well, he just he likes the traditional kind of things going on. I'm not talking about the weird political stuff going around. I I agree with him on on all of that, but he and I have some interesting discussions uh, around characters in Star Wars mm-hmm. and things of that nature. They're making two more Star Trek movies out at the uh, Cinemacon in Vegas. Paramount uh, announced that the Quentin Tarantino one is a go. Oh. oh, wow. And it's going to be rated R. Really? Yeah, it's going to be rated R. And then there's another one that they're doing, and Simon Pegg said they're they're really well into putting it together and it'll go before the camera here pretty soon. So get a couple of Star Trek movies. Did you hear what a Solo was coming out? Mm-hmm. All right. It opened a can and uh, pretty good reviews. I would say they were... 85% maybe. So I'm not as worried as I was. They say it starts off rough, but then they, they smoothed it out, and it really comes on at the end. It's really, really good towards the end of it. Uh, did you hear the next, and this gets confusing because I'm going to say the next solo project, not Han Solo, <laughs> the next character that they're going to do a solo on. Did you hear who it's going to be? Is it Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan. Now, I'm, I'm up for that one. That right. one's got enough legitimately meat that you can jump on and, and make a great and, – and I guess McGregor is going to play it. Yeah, oh, okay. I was about to say. That's good. I mean, I hope it is. If I mean, 
uh, when it comes to the prequel movies, I think one thing that everyone will agree on is he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor, and he did well in yeah in the prequels. I thought he was really good in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was it was wonderful. I mean, he should have been the lead you know, have, <laughs> in all three of them. Yeah, that's probably the truth. They should have written it. It should have been about uh, him. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I always thought. That's what well, I expected Obi-Wan going into is, the prequels. I have two favorite characters from Star Wars. It's Obi Wan. Okay, I love Obi Wan, and then the other is Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing. Now, I haven't seen the movie, and I haven't read anything in the reviews, but supposedly he shows up he somewhere in Solo. He has to. You know? So be interested to see how they portray him. They say the guy that plays... Uh, um, Lando? Lando does a really good job. Okay. He's, he's excellent. I didn't know this. Next year, they're making another another shaft. With Samuel L. Jackson or with I, someone else? I don't know. I I I I didn't see who was starring in it, and I'm thinking to myself, why? <laughs> you know, I mean, look, Richard Roundtree will always, to me, be Shaft. Even I mean, I like Samuel Jackson, but he was not as good as Richard Roundtree was. Mm-hmm. Richard Roundtree was excellent. Uh, so you know, now there's my traditionalist coming out. I liked him. I liked the original, but the one that I'm that I've watched, and I just watched it, and I said, how can you even say it's that movie? Is the remake, relaunch, reboot, whatever they're calling it, of Superfly. Do you even know what movie I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. Okay. I, I can't remember if I've seen it. Early 70s when cocaine was, you know, flooding <laughs> into America, and uh, it's about a, you know, a, a drug dealer trying to get out of the business of it, but uh, still, you know, wearing the long... You know, fur coats and the whole nine yards. I mean, everything that you think about a stereotypical, you know, black exploitation movie, that's what Superfly was. I've always wanted to show it, and I don't think they digitalized it, so I can't get it to put on. I'd love to put it on. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh had one of the best soundtracks around, Freddy's Dead and all the rest of it, all the rest of the music from that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, they remade it, and I watched it, and it has no resemblance whatsoever. And it takes place not in New York, but in Atlanta. But that's where everybody's making their movies. Now. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So tax, they tax just cuts. move it to Atlanta, you know. Yeah. But still, uh, sorry, Atlanta is not New York. <laughs> I mean, look, you could have made it New York and just used some shots that were stock shots of New York City mm-hmm. and made everybody think it was New York. But no, you put it in Atlanta for some reason. Speaking of which. Maybe it was a tax thing. Yeah, that, it was a tax. That could be. A uh, tax break that they get for filming there. You know, filming there and then making sure people know that. <clears throat> it was. Yeah, it was there. Parks and tourism <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, is what I imagine. The thing that killed me was recently I was watching – it's like an annual thing I do. I always watch Olympus Has Fallen. I love that movie so much. Can I tell you a funny story about that? Sure, go ahead. It might be my story, but go ahead. I saw that movie at CPAC. Oh, wow. The year it came out, they brought it to CPAC and showed it to us first, all the radio and TV people. You were there, weren't you? That that movie, if you saw it at CPAC, had to have scared the ever-loving crap out of half the people that watched it in that movie. No, it didn't. I'll tell you what. When he killed uh, the main terrorist at the very end, everybody that was in the main ballroom watching it Class. stood up. Just stood up. Woo! 
I mean, just going crazy. Just go. I mean, you're talking all the conservatives across the United States there. Everybody went crazy in that movie. It was great. Well, so here's the funny thing. So I watched it right after I came back from D.C. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and because all those locations were so fresh on my mind, I was trying to pinpoint where everything was. Right. And then when I looked at the making of video, they said we actually could get no permits to film in D.C. So not a single shot was done. Even simple shots of cars pulling up to like the Treasury building. All done in computer generation. Wow, that is amazing. The whole movie was filmed in Shreveport, Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) It just shows you the magic of movie making, isn't it? Yeah, the magic of movie making. That's all that is. Uh, Yeah, I like that. That's one. And then they made that, you know, that complete flop with Tatum and. uh, Oh yeah, White House Down. No man. Yeah. I mean, London Falling was great. It was really good. It's on Netflix now, too. You can watch it limited. Oh, I had to watch it. See, I, I like that movie because that's one of those movies they don't even try to make it realistic. Mm-hmm. Every movie has, every gun has unlimited ammunition in that movie. <laughs> They're making a third movie, too. Are they really? Yeah, it's about an attack on the Vatican. It's called Angel Has Fallen. No. <laughs> is Gil going to be in it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's the same cast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, go make your money, man, while you can. I'm just <laughs> saying, go make your money. But what I like about those movies, it's it's a throwback to 80s action movies. That's what you it have, is. You have a very strong masculine protagonist, and he kills the bad guys. So you know he's going to win at the end. Okay, so tell me who's going to pick up the mantle now of action hero. The Rock has been rocking it, literally. I mean, Rampage and all. I know you hated the movie. I but. Did. You, you, it's been very successful. Uh, you know, Jumanji that he did. Uh, what, uh, what else? He's got this one coming up where he's uh, in the high rise and the skyscraper or whatever. It's Die Hard renamed or whatever. It's literally called Skyscraper. Yeah, that's what it's called, <laughs> Skyscraper. But you got him. you got Rock. Uh, you've got Statham is out there still. He's doing Meg mm-hmm. with the big shark. I mean, this is a big Yeah, but he has shark. a hard time playing the, the good guy. Like, he's yeah. always kind of a great character. Well, I know, but... But The he, Rock has this uh, yeah, charisma that, you know, you just want Can wanna... you smell what The Rock is cooking? <laughs> yeah, the problem with it is that you, when you think of these action heroes like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, it's not just being masculine. They're very... They're almost roided up. <laughs> oh, so yeah. they, they encompass everything about um, kind of a red meat man. And the thing is, I can't think of anyone, I guess, besides The Rock who has that type of personality... I'm going to tell you the guy that I really think does a good job. He's not the best actor, but he's gotten a lot better, and that's Wahlberg. Mark oh, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, man. He's got a new movie coming out this summer, something 21, and Ronda Rousey's in it, and there's a couple other people that are in it that are, are, are big action-type people, and it's about a, a group, not a, I would keep like a SEAL team. It's like... You call this, and then you call that. You call the seals, and when and all of that don't work, you call blank twenty one. And it's these guys and gals that yeah. come in because you got to have a gal now. You know, hashtag me too. I mean, I think every movie poster now needs to have hashtag me too at the bottom. Hashtag me too approved. Yeah, or something. Yeah, right? approved. That's it. We need like a approved by hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> Was um, Jessica Chastain is making is going to direct her own movie, and she's got all these women 
that are lined up to make it, and they're going to be like uh, prototypical James Bonds, hmm. kind of like James Bond. They won't be called I mean, maybe Jim call him James Bond. I don't know, but or Jane <laughs> Bond. I don't there know, but I'm just saying they're, they're going to call them. Uh, they're going to be superheroes. And she said we're going to kick butt because nobody's been really kicking butt. And I'm like, did you see Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a woman kicking butt, man. And I'm looking forward to two. I think two's going to be good. Yeah. I forget who they said the main antagonist was going to be. It's not Kristen Wiig. It's, um, oh, I can't think of her name, but she's playing Cheetah. And so that's a bad guy. And I'd, I want to say it's, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, she was in Frozen. She was one of the voice actresses, I think. Oh, okay, so, cool. Was it Kristen Bell? I'm getting all my Kristens mixed up. but There's a lot of them. Yeah. <clears throat> you can get lost out there. Be careful. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let me look real quick here, and I'll tell you. All right, Wonder Woman two. I, I think Chris. I mean, this Chris Pratt. Kristen Wiig is going to be. Is your, it Kristen Wiig? It is mm, Kristen Wiig. Okay. Chris Pratt is is our action hero. I like him right now. He's he got is. the charisma. I mean, he's not like a, a physical, physically imposing guy like the Rock, but he's got all the. He's got charisma out the wazoo. And uh, he's hilarious, and he's relatable. You know, the only thing they haven't done yet with him is when he smiles, his tooth hasn't gone <laughs> ding. Oh. Yeah. It hasn't, he's got to do that in a movie, I'm just saying. It should be in Guardians for sure. Because he's going to be, yeah, that would be perfect for that. But you got Jurassic Park that's coming out that yeah. he's going to be in this year. And, mm-hmm. I keep I keep uh, hearing that there might be another uh, remake of Indiana, or a remake of yeah, Indiana Jones. He's the only one I could see. Mm-hmm. No, no, in that it's, role it's harrison ford that's well i mean to it. take over the mantle <laughs> oh when right? they, I mean, after it, spielberg does his next one yeah right. he's the only actor i could see in that right now anyway well they got some i mean gail gadot is in wonder woman 2 and Kristen wig is in it linda carter yeah. is in wonder woman oh. 2 and do you does the name pedro pascal ring a bell with you guys did you watch Narcos? Yeah, I saw that. He was the the um, uh, drug lord. No, 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 no. He was the, one of the uh, the DEA agents. Oh, okay. Not the guy from Texas. The other guy. Yeah, yeah. And so he's in it too. He was in uh, the last the Kingsman movie too. Missed that. He was he was good. In it. I like Kingsman. I think those are really good movies. They I like a, the first one. They I just have a lot one. of fun with them. Yeah. I mean, I loved it in the first well, I, one. I, All their heads were blown up. I like that that was just an original film Idea? and not a yeah. remake. I'm getting tired of the remake. But it was made off of comic books. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Mark people Miller. would be surprised, I think, to to find out how much is that they don't associate with comic books actually comes from the comic book world. Well, I was amazed. I mean, I did not know. I'm, I've been uh, remiss that I did not know all that much about the graphic novels that were out there. They're, impress- they're really impressive. Mm-hmm. I got a lot to catch up on. Like yeah. all of them, <laughs> I I got turned on to them with Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and I happened to go to the library, not the library. What I went to, I went to the bookstore, which is disappearing as well. But went to the bookstore and found them, and then I looked, and there was like three aisles full of graphic novels, and I kind of looked around. And I go, "Wow, Dave, where have you been, dude?" Yeah, yeah, yeah totally lost from that. Well, what they do is is we publish monthly generally speaking like in an ideal scenario the comic books come out monthly and if hopefully the goal is that you can create a monthly audience a repeat customer that's your base Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, and they they want to follow the right, story. They follow the story along, and they're investing heavily. You know, it's three to four dollars a book, uh, but that pays hopefully for your labor costs and allows you to keep making these things because it takes a long time to manufacture a comic book and then a graphic novel and all this other stuff. And then after about four, five, or six comic books, they'll bind them up into these trade paperbacks that you'll see at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon or wherever. Well, what I think is cool about uh, the, the graphic novels is, th- number one, the writing is better than what it is in traditional comic books, I would say. And number two, the paper and whatnot that you guys use is unbelievably... It's improved a whole lot. I mean, it's heavy. It, it's got... A real kind of a great feel to it, glossy or a waxy. Yeah, yeah, it's really paper, good, yeah. good stuff. Uh, and I like how it tells the story. For instance, I told you guys I got Cold City, which is what they made Atomic Blonde off of. And you'll get the scenes where they're questioning somebody, you know, interrogating them. Not enhanced interrogating. We don't do that, okay? But they were interrogating them, and nobody says anything for like seven pages. It's just these pictures, and it says it all. You don't you don't need anything from the writer. It's really creative the way they mm-hmm. do that. It's really good. It's fire the writers. Yeah. The artists take over. Yeah. <laughs> you artists, you guys can do it. Do a good job of it. All right, I got to do a good job. I got to get out of the way for just a few minutes. Let's get our final break in for the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Shane Stacks says he's on his way. He's probably caught in traffic somewhere, but he'll be here. And join us here on the Dave Elzick Show. The the real geeks are here, although Josh doesn't look like he's going to make it. Josh is up geeking out with Paula Dean today. Oh, she's up, cooking, a, she's up. In, yeah, she's up in Northwest Arkansas. And I said, check in your man cards, dude. <laughs> All right, well, we'll come back. We've got more coming your way. By the way, if you were wondering, I don't know why you would with what we've been talking about, but the Flash film will be in 2020. Not to be Ezra. Oh, the guy from Justice League? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought he was pretty good. Uh-uh. You didn't like him, huh? No, I did not. Was didn't like, he, was I didn't he, like anything about that movie. Was he like too much ADHD for you? He's too much of a millennial to me. Turn your mind. You got it. I just but you're, in. you're a millennial, Tim, aren't you? The, the new Flash movie oh. is 2020, <laughs> and Ezra's going to play the oh. Flash. Oh, so you were saying you didn't. So he didn't like he didn't he didn't like anything about Justice. League. I liked Justice League. I, I thought it too. was a good step in the right direction. No pun intended. If we're talking about Flash for for the DC EU. Well, I liked yeah. I liked the part where the Flash ended up landing on Wonder Woman. Yeah, I there's that a was very funny. There's a freeze frame in there. That is Uh-oh. actually an homage to uh, the Dark Knight Returns. It looks just like what Superman looked like. There, there's a in the graphic novel Dark Knight Returns, uh, Superman gets caught in a nuke, and that's also the Batman v Superman that happens, and that's an homage. But anyway, the, if you freeze frame some of the stuff the Flash is doing, they are redoing scenes and poses from classic DC comics. And if you freeze frame through that scene where he falls on her. There's a certain pose where he, he's got to, got to like his arms out and everything, and, and they're recreating that scene from from uh, Dark Knight Returns. See, these are people that need to get a life. I'm sorry, I could care less. That is my life. I mean, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't, I, I don't sit down and watch a movie frame by frame. Well, most people don't either. But what'll happen is like Zack Snyder or somebody will tease it out, and then well, people will go find it. So, and it's the only way he can make money. 
Well, it's also it shows the deep <laughs> love, like all the Easter eggs in all of these comic book movies. They're kind of a language to the real comic book fans. Um, so, like anybody can watch these superhero movies and love them. But there's some people who've grown up on comic books that interact with them on a different level, and it's almost like hidden messages and you stuff. Didn't, you didn't. Uh, so what you're saying is we're not on your level. Yeah. Nope. You didn't. You didn't send any like uh, text to Chris Pratt saying. You screwed it up, dude. No, in fact, as we talked about uh, last week on Shane Plays, Tim mentioned Five it during the break. That was a very human moment All right. and a good moment. Take a break yeah. on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Shane Stacks is here. Tim Lim is here. Mitch Breitweiser is here. Tim, of course, works over at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily a reflection of uh, – the school or UAMS or anybody else that he might be uh, working for. Just so you know, we can do that. I got to do that with Robert Steinbach, too. Yep. You know, got to give a disclaimer. Although, you know what they've been doing over at uh, Bowen School of Law? Mm-mm. They're now... Uh, Law stuff? Yeah, they're, <laughs> no, they're sending out uh, tweets that he's going to be on the air. Oh, nice. Really? How yeah. bizarre is that? Well, that's kind of nice. I mean, he does, cool. he does represent them in a very he good does, way. Yeah. So. Stein, Steinbach, Steinbach, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he, I think I even talked to him one time when I was hosting or something, and, and I said, I just love how you he's so even on every topic, yeah. no matter what his personal stance is. He's very good at, you know. Get a couple beers in him. Yeah, really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the next time that Steinbach will be on, we'll get him liquored up. No, yeah, he's. That'd uh, be good. It'd be he's, fun. He's, he's uh, him and also uh, Dan Greenberg. I, yeah. I respect their ability to, to discuss issues in a very even handed, fair manner. I got to get yeah. uh, Dan back on, but he's up in, in Washington, D.C. He's up there in the zoo. Like living there now? <laughs> yeah, he works for the Trump yeah. administration. Oh, oh know you know, that. I do wow. remember that now. Yeah, yeah. he's doing his thing like up Dan. there right now. Okay, so uh, if you just joined us ever so often, once a month, I get some of the best uh, geeks that I can find and bring them into the studio. And I've been lucky enough that not only do I have great geeks, but I have great uh, professional guys who are working in the industry who can really talk about the industry. And I include Shane in that because Mm. he's been doing a podcast for how many years now? Almost at the end of this month will be three years. But I would would say that I'm pretty deep into the geek world. I would not put myself on the same level with Tim and Mitch as far as the comics industry. But uh, but I appreciate the, the... the shout out. But there. you bring so. in a lot more than I can because well, I, I, can, I can't deal with it as much as you can, and I can't deal with it where these guys, because of their artistry well, and their and their yeah. talent, well, actually Shane, work in the industry. What I like about Shane is he's very well rounded. So I think uh, as far as his overall knowledge of overall geek culture, he does a really I good tried. job. That's he, kind of my goal. Well, and you can yeah. eloquate it. Not a lot of people can do that. I mean, you have a great voice for radio, and I think that's your strongest. Oh, suit. thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you got. So that's it's kind of the equivalent <laughs> of being like good looking if you want to be an actress, right? It doesn't matter what else is going on if you got the voice. I and I'm, I'm just, as long as we're having a love fest, I think I love Dave's voice. He doesn't even have to try. He's just got a very natural voice uh, for radio. Now we, we were talking earlier. I want to get your opinion of this. Do you think that all movie posters now should at the bottom? have hashtag me too. i listened to that on the way in you know me uh, too approved when i was i think <laughs> just to make sure that we get the entire point across 
I think there needs to be a Me Too approved. That was yeah, because Mitch, you're the one who's like the Me Too thing, right? The Me Too badge of approval or something like that. I was joking, but yeah, you know, <laughs> but no women were harmed what, what in the I making think, of this motion picture. What I think to depict the accurate nature of the Me Too movement is that after that, uh, then another organization comes along and wants to be. Uh, the Me Too, comma two organization, and that they want their stuff on the posters too. So yeah. there, so any, so anything that Me Too gets to approve, they will have a press conference and stage a uh, Saul Alinsky type event to raise awareness, so that they can also get their badge on there. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that's otherwise exactly what would happen. And then we're going to have a ba- like posters full of badges. It'll be nothing but yeah. badges. <laughs> Me too, 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 too. It'll look like a NASCAR. Badges? Racers we don't need no stinking badges. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hashtag me two 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 C. And two, I think two. that would yeah, capture the accurate nature of what's going of on. What's going on yeah. now, Dave? I didn't know you ever took ballet. Yeah. He pirouettes quite well. Um, so yes, I and I also think I heard you were discussing uh, the action hero of the day. Yes. Uh, I think they need to have a fully self-affirmed transgendered Woody Allen. That should be our <laughs> our action hero of the day. That would accurately reflect uh, what we're trying to say in today's culture. Man, we know that it'll sell year. one ticket. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To you, Shane. To me? A man <laughs> who has it. sex with his daughter, yeah, while she's a teenager. Well, I'm just talking about there's me that, too. but there's no, also no that, that manly sort of bag of bones physique that uh, Woody Allen has, because as long as we're destroying the concept of masculinity, we might as well go with, with yeah, uh, Woody Allen. No, Woody destroyed yeah. it, that's for sure. There's Commit no doubt bit. about that. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm looking over at Tim, and I'll get let him start this. There's some big deal that's yeah. going on, and everybody knows how big of a of supporter of First Amendment free speech I am. Listen to what's going on. Sure. I'm going to keep this very brief because it's a long history, but... You have this person who's um, pretty popular in comics right now on the center, moderate, center left, center right, uh, named Richard Meyer, also known as Diversity in Comics on YouTube. Or your boy Zach. Your boy Zach. And he had a very successful Indiegogo campaign. So his book, Jawbreakers, it just crossed the $200,000 mark. And wow. It, yeah, has had 4,000 backers. It beat some pretty popular writers and artists, their projects, with no with a media blackout because – the left-wing media hates him. Uh, he calls out the publishers and tells them, hey, your hiring practices are all political. You're not hiring people based on merit. <laughs> and so he had this really successful Indiegogo campaign. But after he announced the publisher, the long knives have come out. And so the last 48 hours have been crazy. Uh, they're blowing up the publisher's Facebook feed. Uh, they're trying to bully them into not publishing the book. There's retailers, actual retailers, one prominent one in the U.K., that are saying, we're not going to carry that book. And people have been asking, well, what if I'm a customer and I ask you, can you order that book for me? No, we're not going to do it. And this, this is funny because it's coming from the same people who will let, you know, um, ba- they'll make bakers bake a cake for gay couples. And yet they're arguing that they also have the same right to turn down another customer for a book that they want to order straight from the catalog. So um, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, like um, people who are kind of on on our side of the comics movement, uh, they're not happy right now because they don't like the pushback that they're getting. One month of no news, no coverage, and all of a sudden, after he gets a really successful Indiegogo campaign, that's when all the all the haters come out, all the mean girls, all the cry bullies. They're out there, and they're trying to cause some trouble. Well, I think um, 
Like my take on it is, and I mean, everything you said was totally correct. To add to it, the comic book industry is what we've talked about a lot on the show the past couple of years. And it's a bummer to me because like I do my geek stuff to get away from all this, but it's like, I can't get away from it because it's infecting everything. Well, it's like I like to watch yeah. baseball and I can't get away from politics right. because they want to talk about well, the, exactly. politics. So, so Marvel has, now they're all up to a certain point do it, but Marvel has just been blatant, ridiculous about it the past two or three years moving from social commentary into social conditioning and trying to normalize things and push agendas. And not only did um, their sales start dropping, but more and more publicly, people started speaking back to them. You know, their uh, editor-in-chief at the time had said, you know, comics used to be a hobby for old white guys. We're changing that and all that. You know, so it was a very arrogant sort of, quote-unquote, hashtag woke. I don't know what you've woke up to, but uh, you're making my (laughs) world a nightmare. Um, but anyway, so so this uh, diversity in comics, Richard Myers, uh, there's other people with him, but he's been one of the more outspoken people the last year or two, calling stuff out to the point where professionals like Mark Wade have, you know, if he ever shows up at a con, tell me immediately, no matter what I'm doing, and, and all, you know, like this very aggressive stuff, but then when people call him on it, they, you know, backpedal. But what he did is he, he did basically a Kickstarter. It was an Indiegogo. He did a crowdfunding campaign, which raised a ridiculous amount of money. What was it? 200000 So that publicly embarrasses the people who are trying to say that, you know, oh, everything's fine with the comic book industry. There's no there's no fan, uh, revolt, or fan or revolt or anything. Because uh, now there are people who really want to read Jawbreakers. I'm not saying that they don't. But a lot of this is just a big finger to uh, to basically Marvel for the most part, for the most part. And it's embarrassing. So now... Uh, you know, they've it, now you've got this, and most people put it in terms of SJW, social justice warrior, sort of backlash. So they they can't kill the comic book that just embarrassed everybody by so many people showing their support for it because they're tired of the crap. Um, so they're going to try to go after the publisher, and we're not going to sell it to you. And, and they all try that to stuff. label. Uh, Richard and some of his supporters as, you know, the, the, the typical racist, sexist, bigot, misogynist, homophobe, all the kind of... With rarely any proof, if you're any. You're talking about all. me. Well, really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Anybody that disagrees is obviously a... <laughs> right. Yeah. I've been called anything you can be called. Well, Mitch, well, actually, yeah. you tweeted something out today, something like, well, you're obviously a hater or something. There's something <laughs> I mean, you, know, you were joking around, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't... Well, uh, I think he's... he's, wrote, he's Roast it. He has this nearly daily YouTube show where he roasts people's comic books. Like, they're cranking out some really crummy comic books. They I are. mean, let's be real. It's not, but, and he's roasting them, and people are getting their, they're getting sensitive about it. He's gone over the line a few times, uh, and I'm not afraid to tell him that. You know, and there's a couple of things I wish he would, uh, yeah, he's gone over the line a couple of times, but he's but to, to to paint him and his followers or his his listeners or his his patrons or whatever as as uh, motivated by right. these sort of very base things like racism it's and not, sexism and and yeah. is is ridiculous and to use that as the the uh, smear ta- the public smear tactic against his campaign is uh, laughable, but that's what's happening. Well, here's the scary part what you all are talking about because i'm all about free speech i don't care what you say you know basically i don't have to react to it you know i don't have to you mm-hmm. say a lot of people have said a lot of ugly things about me 
I let them go ahead and say whatever they want to say. Most people know what they're what they're saying is a bunch of BS. But I don't I don't understand why where that has changed in our country because during the sixties and seventies and eighties people were publishing and and making movies and all kinds of stuff yeah. and even though people didn't like the, the maybe the subject matter sure it might have been blasphemous even i mean maplethorpe and some of the other people they just they did, do your stuff well, what, the, what a, i think happened ahead. is the that's this it's social media combined with it, it it's kind of hijacked our empathy our natural empathy for for victims Right, we were talking about a movie earlier uh, where, where the woman is is raped and murdered, and then she goes out and and, I and spit avenges. On your grave. Yeah, and then but, so we have this natural sympathy for someone who's been victimized as human beings, right? And what social media allows to happen to occur is this sort of hyperbolic victimization that is well, if I obtain a victim identity, then I can mm-hmm. mass hijack all of this empathy and create a culture around it and i believe that's the crux of kind of where we're at and it's a strange situation i would even take it deeper and again i agree with everything you just said but you know there's i think you know there's that maxim that all it takes is one generation right and that's out of the bible right like all it takes is one generation and 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 memory of god will be gone it's also ronald reagan which is pretty close to the bible right My goodness, I'm, I'm saluting <laughs> anyway. right now. Anyway, uh, I'm, just, no, but, I'm just saying. So for the past couple of decades, we've had this self-esteem movement in school that you create a culture of nobody can ever be offended and you have to affirm everything. And it's this it's it's like the the end of Emperor's New Clothes where the emperor's walking naked down the street, but everybody can pretend they see clothes on him. And, and it's ridiculous. We're living in a. And, uh, and and we've gone a little insane as a culture, and and I Not put a, a little, yeah. And I, I I tag a lot of it directly on this self esteem movement and this, you know, the sim- somehow people think that it's written in the Constitution and and in f- underlying fundamental universal principles that you can never be offended by anything, and you're now you're never allowed to have an opinion that that might possibly make somebody uncomfortable. Let me just tell the people who feel that way: if we send them back in time, they would be stunned. <laughs> about what yeah. it was like well, back then. Another I mean, that whole run, riding you on a rail and covering mm-hmm. you in a hot tar and all that kind of stuff. Hold your thought. I, okay. I've been told that we got to get a break in. So uh, let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing does more than just fix your roof. It fixes all the problems that the leak has caused when it got through the hole in your roof, like the drywall repair and the interior painting, exterior painting, and carpentry work ventilation, insulation, you name it, PI Roofing will do it for you because they have a team now that that is their job. So when you find yourself needing a roof, call PI Roofing. They're going to take a real good uh, real good care of you, just like they did me. And then all those other repairs that need to be made, they'll give you the same quality and professionalism with PI Roofing and Home Solutions. 501-687-6246 is their number on the internet, piroofing.com. Back for the last segment here before we get to the news. Shane's here, of course, Tim and Mitch. And uh, what can you talk about? I, I know you guys play all this stuff really close to their vest because I, I heard Tim say something just a moment ago. I'm going to paraphrase it, but, you know, if you're in the that industry in 
I would say almost any part of the entertainment industry for a lot of people, whether it's comics or graphic novels or movies or whatever, you've got to be a secret Trump supporter. <laughs> well, what I, I mean, do you guys like exchange rings so that you can <laughs> break down messages? And stuff? I'm just saying it's that bad. It, it is bad. And I will say this. I'll, I'll try to keep it very quick. But I used to think I was alone out there. And then Mitch basically kind of introduced me to a lot of people who it turns out there's a lot of us, but they're all scared to lose their jobs. And so it's basically you just have to know people. Uh, my recommendation is if anyone's on social media and you're out there, you're not alone. Go on social media. Go on Twitter. Use hashtag move the needle, hashtag comicsgate. You'll find us. You'll yeah. find us out there. Yeah, cool. And there's a lot of us. Well, so. it's like out in Hollywood. Look, Robert Duvall has a group out there, and Hollywood hates him for this, of conservatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and they, they don't tell people where they're meeting. They got, like, cryptic invitations for people <laughs> I love and stuff. This. It's just, well, I don't love it. Yeah. I love the ingenuity It's like it, living in Nazi Germany. Yeah, 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 well, that's what's happening. Oh, go ahead, Mitch. Well, no, yeah. no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying we're in a an area, a time of, of you know, social, uh, very negative social things. We're also in a time where we don't have to be afraid to say what we think anymore. I mean, we, you can build an audience mm-hmm. on, on, on the Internet if you're fearless. Uh, and not extreme. If you're not an extreme person, you know you can find your outlet. You can find your That's audience. Why I haven't succeeded. You can speak your. You can speak. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be political all the time. This is like one of the, actually one of the big problems with uh, the comic book creator community is they were vocal from the dawn of social media on. They were extremely vocal about what they thought about everything. Like everybody had to know. And it's like, well, that's maybe not the best business decision. You know, I I disagree with you, but I'm not going to have this public debate because we're in the comic book making business. And then um, they're shocked to, to, to find out that I may disagree with them on a few things. Yeah, because everybody assumes that. Everybody assumes. I've had people say outrageous things to me, Dave, outrageous things because they just assumed I oh. thought just like them. And I'm like. Wow, and I can't believe you said that to me. Yeah, I think Mitch has heard this story before, but I was having uh, dinner with a friend of mine in the comic book industry and three of his friends. And in dinner, they just started making fun of Republicans, Catholics, and Trump supporters. And it's funny because I was kind of sitting there shocked, and I realized they assumed mm-hmm. that we all thought the same way. And I was like, I'm a Catholic. I'm a con- conservative. Oh, I'm a Trump supporter. Like, do you know you're making fun of me? And when I when I mentioned it, there was just this awkward silence. Uh, silence. And they just thought like, Oh my gosh, he was one of them, and I thought normal people enter conversations assuming people don't agree with them. Only weirdos think that we're all in the same boat. In not the, the elite, or not the self-proclaimed elite. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's interesting what you said, Mitch, because yeah, people assuming you're certain ways, and they and they say things to you. But I bet you don't look at them after they say them and say, "How dare you say such a thing to me." No, I just assume I have disagreements with everybody. Yeah, I mean, you just look at them and say, meet, hey, we can find you know. common ground somewhere, but there are certain people that they're not interested That's in not common ground at all. That's not the way the left is. Yeah. The, I'm just going to say, there are people on the right, but I'm going to say majority on the left, progressive, secularist, atheist, whatever you want to call them, they don't even want to hear from you. Yeah, that's almost shut that's, up. that's pathological. Yeah, you know, it's just shut up, you know, tape your mouth. Wash it out with soap. Yeah, leave the and, bar and, in and it to and be, put a piece of duct tape over. And it. the what is the the 
oftentimes the the meanness associated with it the, or the the abject kind of cruelty with which insults are hurled or accusations yeah. are hurled uh recklessness uh, it's 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 strange well but not we only not only to to the to say something to a person that would hurt them emotionally but to do things to them because you don't like what they say and you want to destroy their career and we've talked about those stories here on the air uh is unconscionable uh, at least for me it's like a gulag without a fence you got it you know or a, a guard it's worse News. than a prison because News. you can't see it yeah there you go all right and we're back wait Oh, we're back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> hey, I got, I got a quick fun story for you. Okay, Dave. go. All I'm, right, I've given up control of the show. <laughs> Did you hear about? Uh, and, and I want I want to high five this guy, but there's a story going around. His teacher put this on social media uh, himself, and it was it's actually from Hershey High School in Wichita Falls, Texas. Where, I know about Hershey High School. Yeah, well, my brother went to Hershey High School for a year, and my friend Johnny Wood graduated from there. I went to Ryder and anyway when I was I know about Ryder too. Yeah, so I'm just gonna and I went to Holiday High School. But anyway, point is the teacher gave an assignment to the students to uh, said write a resume as any character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah. you know what this student chose? I am Groot. I am Groot. The uh, entire yeah. <laughs> resume. Every, I am Groot. Name, phone number, quali- everything was just, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot, Genius. I am Groot. And uh, yeah, so the, the teacher, I don't know what grade he got, but he, sh- he should get an A. He followed, he the, he followed the, the... Did you... Okay, now you saw Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, I'm going to go see it again tomorrow. Okay, so way. Groot talks to Raccoon. Yeah. Did you see what he yeah, said? Yeah, that is sad. Do y'all know this? Do you know the answer? I already, already spoiled it to me. Yeah. That was sad. Dad. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, we talked last week on the what was our, on Shane Plays, what was our got us in the feels moment. Yes. So, anyway, I don't want to, we, we, were, we were talking about jawbreakers before the break. So, yeah. Completely <laughs> forgot. Yeah, like the jawbreakers, Richard Meyer. Hey, and, and tell me about need any more jawbreakers. Oh. What is it? So, it's a. It's pretty neat. The concept is that you've seen the Expendables. Yes. It's like the Expendables except with superheroes. And they have a cat. They have a blue cat. And a a cat. And it's the idea that you have this team of former superheroes who are older. They're in their 50s and 60s. And because they're not really needed anymore because the superheroes are – Hashtag sexism. No. uh, Ageism. Ageism is what they're calling it now. So they're a team of superheroes that form into a mercenary team. That's essentially what the the plot of the book is. Okay. Uh, and that's his franchise. And but, you want to know the scandalous thing about it? They just want to tell a fun story that doesn't have any political no or ideological overtones in it. And that is just a scandal. Well, yeah. see, it's a total I like, scandal. I like the idea of it. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It looks cool. It's kind of uh, like The Incredibles. Yeah. Craig well, Nelson's a part. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they fight like a King Kong analog, so there's a giant ape yeah. that they're monster hunting. Well, it's I mean, called Great Ape. Yeah. So I started thinking of Grape Ape. Remember Grape Ape? Grape that ape. totally oh, yeah. got stuck in my head with, with Great Ape. But anyway, it just looks like a lot of fun. And again, like the you mentioned the Move the Needle hashtag earlier, mm-hmm. uh, Tim. From what I understand, the Move the Needle hashtag is just promote comics that are just fun and good to read. And not because of whatever virtues 
are signaled by either the comic book or the creator. Yeah, and I think it, the right. roots of it were, it, it's, correct me if I'm misstating this, but uh, the, the comic book pro uh, community were, were criticizing Richard, who mm-hmm. criticizes their comic books, saying, oh, well, you just have a gaggle of people that don't even buy comic books, right? These are people, the people that are listening to your show are people that don't buy comic books anyway, so why do we care? And so they, they started How do they this, know that? Well, exactly. well that's this why, they this is this. why the birth yeah. of the hashtag Move the Needle occurred so that, the, 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 so that his audience or that sort of uh, fan-skeptic audience could say, hey, we do buy comic books. Here's the you know, 100 bucks I spent it on Wednesday, and here's a photo of it, and here's the hashtag. Uh, and so oh, that's cool. uh, I've been following it on Twitter, and I'll go through and like people that post the Move the Needle stuff because I want to encourage – Encourage that. We should yeah. be encouraging people that are out there supporting uh, this medium. Yeah, it's just, is this a good comic book and entertaining on its own right? Yeah. And I'm not buying it because the author was like the feminist of the year or something like that. And I can, I can tell you, having been on the inside for a while, uh, that there is a, there is a, a, the type of creator, and it's not everybody, and it's not you know, to the man or to the woman, but some of these people get massive egos and they think the world revolves around them, and that comic books. I can books, only imagine. It's like it's like it's like being in a room with Dave Ellswick, who thinks uh, <laughs> the world, re- the radio revolves around Captain him. Captain Spandex, and they think that they are titans of this business. But this business, anybody can make a comic book, and and this is kind of a lot of what Jawbreakers was all about. Where just if you create an audience, you 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 create a product, and you can create hype around it and create something some enthusiasm. Anybody can make a comic book. Comic books are for everybody. And it's taking it's taken these really, I would call them the real egoist creators, and and really pulled them down a peg or two. Anybody can can make a book well, and, that, and please yeah, an audience. That's a very important point because not only the ridiculous amounts of success of Jawbreakers before the graphic novel is even published to be sent to comic books, which is going to be or comic book storage, which is a slightly different version than the one that was crowdfunded. If you just take that $200,000 and compare it to uh, the top 10 list of the graphic novels, it's like number four. I I keep seeing that thrown around. So Mitch hit on a very important point that not only did the success of that crowdfunding send a signal, but also the move the needle hashtag. But these movements, these insular elitist movements can't stand it when their echo chamber gets shattered. And this has crushed right into the echo chamber. It's leveled a right. playing field, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like they, they believe they were on this plateau of, of excellence, uh, but it was all a facade for the most part, right? You, you, can, you can be great at comic books and tell great stories and, and achieve something, but you know, there's, you're not the only ones that can do it, right? right. And so that's kind of, I think, where the gatekeeping <laughs> aspect comes in. It's like, well, now the, 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 the customer and the creator are, are – on social media together, and it's like uh, you can't maintain that illusion that illusion of superiority when someone else can just come up out of nowhere and and create an audience and a story and enthusiasm. Well, and it's a uh, yeah, it's interesting to watch. And the move the needle hashtag is not partisan. It's basically to show retailers and to show the industry who buys comics, right? And here's the funny thing: even those SJWs, those uh, far left people, they can hijack that hashtag. By posting their, their crappy comics and taking pictures of them and saying, hey, look, this is what I bought, hashtag move the needle. They don't. And I think that's the thing that frightens them is we've actually shown by the fact that they can't use that hashtag. They're the ones who don't buy comics because they could easily get these five very hyper leftist 
titles, take pictures of them, use hashtag move the needle, but they don't. And it was funny because that store that's boycotting in the UK, they said if you use the move the needle hashtag, you're a racist and you're a bigot. Right, right. How can you possibly say that? <laughs> yeah. Because they can. What I've observed is is – uh, you know, I have friends going going way back that are success, like really successful professionals, CEOs of tech companies, uh, doctors, um, you know, high ca- high caliber professionals with with families, with kids, yeah. with three, two, three, four kids. Sometimes these are the guys that used to love comic books, and I met them through comic books. And they took they they were spending three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars a month on comic wow. books. And they've walked away, Dave. They walked away over the last four or five years because the comic books left the, – they abandoned that customer in favor of something else. And those are the guys with the expendable income, and it's mostly guys. So I'm yeah. using that. It's mostly guys. So well, uh, Now you're not allowed to generalize even if it's true. Right. Even if the stereotype holds water, you can't but, do it. But these were the people that were spending their extra money on books, and these were the guys with careers that were having kids that could have passed this tradition down to their children – and I saw that happen over a period of several years, and or especially the last four or five. And I thought, man, this industry is spiraling out of control. But uh, it seems that uh, it's, things are changing now for sure. They're fighting back. They are, yeah. And well, it's, that's it's what great. you got to do when you got a small group. And that's what this is, is a small group mm-hmm. that's trying to control the conversation and set mm-hmm. the parameters of the cons- of the conversation and every part of the conversation. The gatekeeping. That's yeah. what we call Nazis. <laughs> that, well. that No, no, no. That's a, that, that is a true Nazi. Right. It's, it's exhibiting a particular distasteful behavior that a Nazi type of person would have exhibited. But to call them Nazis, I think, is... That's too hyperbolic for me. It's incredibly <laughs> hyperbolic. Yeah. Well, they here's the thing: if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it's got a bill, I'm going to call it a duck. Well, here's the interesting and it, thing: and it's following all of of Google's you know way of doing things. What I have enjoyed is that um, we have a mutual friend, Douglas Ernst. He's a reporter for the Washington Times, and we noticed it was pure coincidence. In this vacuum, we, we, we read books like Captain America and Spider-Man because we want a type of hero. And because we weren't getting it, all of us individually were coming up with our own heroes in our minds. And so in the, like you had Mitch coming up with the Red Rooster, and at the same time, I was coming up with a military character, uh, USAGI, for this title called Black Ops that I'm working on that's going to come out later on this month or next cool. month. And it's this idea that we're all thinking the same thing. And so this underground movement, this grassroots movement, we're more powerful than people think. Because when you're not giving us the type of characters that we want in comics, we're going to make our own. That's just a natural progression of storytelling and this need to create the characters to fill that vacuum. And right since now. you're interfacing with the audience online and you can also have – you can access this crowdfunding mechanisms, then it it, it creates this uh, – it's basically a, like a totally new movement in comic books mm-hmm. where – And I'm really encouraged. Uh, like one of the things I want to say, there was a – when, when did they make Iceman gay? How long ago was that? A year ago. Uh, two years ago. Uh, two years ago. So I ranted on my show about that. It was the first time that I went negative on Shane Plays because I tried to make it a positive show. And it's but, how they did it. Yeah, it's how they did it. You know, So they did that, and then they did the Captain America thing. 
That's and, the one that ticked And me I off. was like, am I being too sensitive? But then I saw all these other people started speaking up. And, and I didn't think two years from now we'd be where we are, where mm-hmm. the, the Marvel editor-in-chief has been replaced. And, you know, there's people standing up and going, this is – and it sounds crazy because we're talking about comic books. But comic books is just the latest battlefield in this culture war. There's another, really quick, there's this other thing that's going on right now. So for all your listeners out there, Tahanisi Coates, the, the gentleman for The Atlantic who just – called Kanye West, all sorts of things for supporting Trump. For those of you listening out he's there, he's America. the current writer of Captain America. Please, 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 if you are a major uh, right uh, right of center news outlet, please report this. No one is reporting on it. Tahinisi Coates, the race baiter for the Atlantic, he is writing Captain America. Do not let your kids read that book. You need to go online. You need to be vocal about it. Tell Marvel you do not want this. You do not want this uh, – this uh, race hustler corrupting your children with what should be a uh, a national treasure uh, with Captain America. Yeah, well, I was definitely disappointed when I read the article. Well, you know, even the way I look at it is he can be as goofy, liberal, or whatever as he wants, as long as it doesn't make it into the comic book. Yeah. I don't care. And yeah. it is, unfortunately. Yeah, but if it makes it into the comic book, that's where I draw the line. And I know you got to get to a break. Dave, I want uh, to I want to give an example of a liberal comic books writer that I admire. Would you rather wait till after the break? Or? No, wait, wait. Okay, let me let All me right. do this, sure. and then you can come back. Interesting discussion. I'm just sitting here listening because I'm learning stuff as well. And uh, okay, so what word should I use besides Nazi? What what what's another word that has the exact same meaning but is not saying Nazi? Totalitarian. Well, that's too long. Fascist. Well, think, fascist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's still the same. That's even that's better. Ex- I like fascist. Yeah. I uh, like that. But that's what. Well, that's what they are, yeah. bitch. If they're trying to say, here, here is the discussion we'll have. You can't go beyond these parameters. You can't have these ideas. And they block you out. It's, and, it's and, gatekeeping and, in language police, tone policing, language policing. Uh, fascist. And Orwellian. Sort of collectivist. Yeah, uh, definitely Orwellians. Stuff, yeah. yeah. I know you, you don't like me to use those kind of bombs, all right? But sometimes those bombs are the only things that you can throw. Yeah, but they can throw them right back. Oh, I don't know, mind. And, and I, they've thrown uh, them at me for years. Well, yeah, I, having been on the receiving end of it, which which is ridiculous— uh, it can, uh, yeah. You, you think your, your character but is being were, but they, yeah. yeah, but when they threw them at you, it wasn't true, right? I can throw fascists at them and prove it. All right, we'll take a break. <laughs> All right. Conventional wisdom says you should delay claiming Social Security to maximize your benefits, but that strategy today could wind up costing you tens of thousands of dollars. There's a lot more to claiming your Social Security benefits than you know. Your decision can trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums, ultimately can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, maybe even more. Learn how you can avoid this with a free, customized Social Security review from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial right here in North Little Rock. He's a published author, host of the David Lucas Show. You hear him here at 101.1, The Answer, at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. on Saturday. So if you've saved $200,000 for retirement, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free review now at 501-653-6690, 501-653-6690. When we come back, more about this war on the First Amendment 
in the comics books uh, industry. Robert Steinbach should be here in the studio with us today. All right, so I want to come back to something you said, Tim, and something that uh, that Mitch has said. And I, I was talking to Mitch about this during the break, and something good has come out of this. Yeah. All right. I, I don't. I don't like that you had to get into this because I know the attacks Mitch was put through and his wife and a lot of different people and it wasn't necessary but here's what happened you just said they took uh captain america they've hijacked him they've changed everything that was good about him and they've almost done they've well, i think they've done evil things to him uh you said well that made me and and mitch don't you think about well what kind of superhero would we want Correct. And you started creating it. And on top of that now, you got people that are, are and names unnamed, but uh, that are out there that they've got things that they want to publish. The big boys won't touch them. So you start your own little publishing arm, and sooner or later, it catches on. And then all of a sudden, the big boys got a whole lot more competition out there. It's yeah. not a bad thing. So a bunch of our friends, so obviously Mitch and I, we know each other, but a lot of our friends were also um, creators and artists. We all thought the same thing independent of each other. So it's not like we collaborated and said, hey, we should make this character or this character. Basically what happened was in group conversations, I would tell Mitch, this is just an example, I would say, well, I'm so fed up with this vacuum, this moral vacuum in comics right now where all of these characters I love, Spider-Man, uh, Captain America – whoever it might be, I'm so tired of where they've ended up that in my mind to fill that, I want to create my own characters. Yep. So for example, the character I'm coming up with, uh, with Mark Pellegrini, who's also helping Mitch with his project. I saw that two of the properties I love, Captain America and GI Joe, the military community is a huge consumer of comics and writing books like GI Joe and Captain America should not be hard. So Mark and I actually came up with a book that's military-themed, and it's called Black Hops. It's about a, a tactical uh, rabbit used by the U.S. military for infiltration, and it's written in the same vein as G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles. It's a very patriotic book. But then I would ask other people, and I would say, hey, this is the book I'm working on, and they'd say, that's really weird because here's the book I'm working on. And then we talked to this other person. Here's the book I'm working on. So all of us, individual of each other, have had the same idea where we said, you know what? We we love Captain America, we love Spider Man, we like all these other characters. But if you're not going to give us the entertainment that we want, we're going to do it on our own. Yeah, we'll give a, um, we'll give our people the characters that come out of our minds, right? And that's a good thing. See, that's the free market at work at that point. It is. And then you have Mitch, and I know he'll he'll talk about Red Rooster, which is an awesome project. He's getting a lot of hype for it, and it's kind of the same thing. I know that you've been you've had this uh, this idea stewing in your mind for years already, but obviously something has happened that has ramped it up. You know, it's in full speed right now yeah well it, it it's this it's a gestalt of kind of what's going on in comics it's uh, a, a group of people who of creators and talent that are um uh, who i believe are seeing the patterns that were emerging a few years back where the customer the traditional comic book customer was being uh, ignored spoken down to in many ways uh the the, the companies uh the comic book stores are mostly mostly in urban areas and they're focused on sort of like this cool hip art school market and that's just not a big market that's not the that's not the market that spends billion dollars a year going to see these franchise yeah. films right yeah uh, movies. it's uh, they, they kind of have lost the moral 
middle, the moral middle, really, of the country. Uh, Completely lost it. Yeah, and and that is that's the largest market in the country, and nobody's making or very few people are making heroes for that, and that's what I want to do. I want to speak to your audience, Dave, um, and the people in Kansas, the people in Texas, uh, the people in Utah, and the everywhere salt else. Of the, earth. the salt of the earth people, and, and give them a book and a hero that they can uh, indulge with and indulge with in their chil- with their children, et cetera, et cetera. All right. We'll have you guys back on in the near future. Thanks a lot, Shane, for coming in. You're welcome. Tim, as always, thanks. As always. And, uh, Mitch, thank you. I wasn't expecting to see you. I thought you'd be heading up north but uh, for your visit, but you made the All decision to stay here. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Don't forget, God gave you a whole week of life. Give him one day on Sunday to find out what he might have to say to you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.